Salutations! Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from a shady Roman hospital discussing the 1976 horror classic, The Omen. This film was directed by Richard Donner from a screenplay by David Seltzer. The Omen continued a growing trend of religious-themed horror films kickstarted by the success of Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. Made on a budget of less than $3 million, The Omen would go on to achieve box office success despite a mixed critical reception. Anchored by a great cast including Hollywood legend Gregory Peck, frightening visuals, and an Oscar-winning score from Jerry Goldsmith, The Omen would not only spawn several sequels and a remake, but it is widely considered a horror classic. So, The Omen. What were your first impressions on the film? I remember watching this a lot when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And clearly not since i didn't even realize that this was gregory peck <laughs> no so i was a little shook by that i was like it's atticus finch it's, it's atticus finch exactly but there are literally two moments from this film that i really remember so it was almost going in blind like you know i feel like even if you haven't seen the omen you know what's up with david right. <laughs> you know what i mean but it was uh it was interesting to revisit it again. Um, I will say it felt a lot longer than its <laughs> runtime. I will agree with that. I, yeah. do, I do like it, though. I liked it as a kid, and I appreciate it more now, but I, I still like it. Um, I didn't see it that much as a kid, and I do remember it, but not everything. Uh-huh. So watching it, you know, like you said, babe, there are certain things you do remember. So this wasn't so much as a totally fresh watch, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, it kind of, you know what I mean? It was kind of borderline to it because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I'm going to forget everything I know and just watch it. Uh, I hard like super agree with the runtime. <laughs> that, I, and I mean, I'm not one to like a slow, you know what I mean? Burn, yeah. but it took a minute for me to get into the movie. Well, that's the thing. I do love a slow burn. Yeah. And even for me, I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I think that was difficult for me because I, I am with you, Nay, with the slow burn. Yeah. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, something needs to be cut. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what it is. It, uh, <laughs> it did. <laughs> but we could lose something. Right. Because, I mean, it's a little shy of two hours, which isn't in the big scheme of things that long. No. But it felt quite long. Oh, Yeah. What's weird is as you watch it, you kind of see it's going from set piece to set piece. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, I guess everything is necessary. But you're like, where? <laughs> <laughs> I just Something is wrong. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> I, I'm with you both that I do enjoy this movie. It's not one of my favorites. Right. I would dare to even say that it's not even one of my favorite horror classics. I think there's a lot to it though. Oh yeah. And I feel like what they did, I don't, somebody's going to have to explain this to me. I am, I'm a non-believer, but I love religious themed horror films. Right. Yeah. When I was watching this and taking my notes, I was like, I feel like we've done this kind of a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, I don't know what we did, but it's almost like we've been tackling them exclusively. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till you see what's coming next week. Yeah, I know. But anyway, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, for some reason, and I had to ask, I talked to mom and dad and I was like, did we watch this as kids? Uh-huh. Because I do not remember. Really? I do. I know we had to have because it's, I mean, it's the omen and we kind of went through all of the big names. Yeah. But this one, I guess, just didn't stick to my bones. It's kind of the thing that we talked about the week before last with Poltergeist uh-huh. where 
you might not have seen The Omen, but you've seen The Omen. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Whether that's people kind of using some of the themes that were introduced here or just pop culture making all the fun in the world of it. Yeah. Like that American Dad episode is great. That's exactly, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Like, I, 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 you know, so you're aware of this film. I think the thing that almost in the same vein as Poltergeist overshadows the film is the, quote, curse, unquote, around it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was vaguely aware of this one. I feel like the one for Poltergeist really walks hand in hand yeah. with the movie. Like, oh, it does. If if you hear about the movie, you're like, oh, that's the one that was yeah. Like, yeah. I don't feel like it's as talked about with The Omen. And maybe that's because I don't know how much of it is actually true. Well, no, I, I thought the same thing because I think when I watched it, my first thought was, was this one of those movies that yeah. was yeah. supposed to be cursed? Yeah. Because like you said... um, the poltergeist, it's like, oh, no, that, you Everyone, know, that yeah. goes with it. I feel like this one, it should go with it more because of the subject matter. Yeah, you yeah it think. should. That's why, <laughs> like, I saw the cursed films on Shudder mm-hmm. when we watched it way back in the day for The Exorcist. I saw that there was one for The Omen, and I was like, all right, huh. I think what's nuts to me is that all the stories that are attributed to The Omen Right. There's way more for the omen than like any other yeah. film <laughs> like ever. So it's just strange to me. And we'll talk about some of them because there are some that kind of give you a little bit of pause. Mm-hmm. There are some that are total bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll kind of dig into them because I did research one that is th- them just mashing four different stories <laughs> together. <laughs> but part of me is wondering how much of this could be like a Amityville situation where they're like, no, make some shit up. Yeah. Sell the film. <laughs> All right. Got to get the asses in the seats, man. Just don't call the Warrens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we send this film over the banister, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's fulfill the prophecy. So the film begins with opening credits accompanied by eerie piano and vocal harmony. On the right-hand side, we see the silhouette of a boy surrounded by orange light with his shadow cast on the ground in the shape of an upside-down cross. We get the title on the left-hand side, along with an orchestral flourish, The Omen. The music is amazing. It is. Did it make you think of Sorceress Adia's music? Of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit. No wonder they used to scare me as a kid. I know. <laughs> Even though I had a crush on Sorceress Adia. I don't know what that says, but... I did want to call out the music because mm-hmm. it was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who we just talked about. Yeah, we right. were just talking about that dude. He won an Oscar for this score, as I said in the intro. Oh, nice. This song was nominated for Best Song at the Oscars. God damn. Yeah, it didn't win. Best Song? Yeah, I thought it was weird. The song is called Ave Satani, which literally, for the layman, means Hail Satan. <laughs> well, <Whoa. laughs> I and mean, did I've, you see the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was ballsy that the Oscars are like, no, do that. Because yeah. <laughs> could you imagine today? They would never. No. Why not, though? Because it's, it's a horror movie. Yeah, they, but yeah. If, I mean, if the music's good, it's good. They That's, don't care. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm at. Music performances, they don't care if it's good, mm. if it's horror. Tony um, Collette was robbed. She was. And yeah, I'll be screaming <laughs> that until my dying day. But I know we were really singing Jerry Goldsmith's praises in poltergeist as mm-hmm. well i just wanted to point out how very very different these scores yeah, are they yeah, don't even yeah. feel like the same person dude is prolific as hell yeah and versatile i mean i was yeah. like 
I just impressed because they're both so fantastic mm. for the movie that they're on. It goes off. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Yeah, and there there are scenes like that. It becomes a character in the scene. No, yeah, yeah. I, I was more again. <laughs> I was like, mm, was like yeah. shit. I don't even care what's happening. <laughs> Close my eyes and enjoy this shit. <laughs> it's. I would wager to say that some scenes wouldn't work as well with different music. I would agree right, for sure. Yeah. But I also want to point out this film was directed by Richard Donner, who the following year with our good pal Margot Kidder would make Superman. Hey. And he also directed The Goonies. Oh, what? shit. <laughs> and the Lethal Weapon series. Le- what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> so we're fucking talking about versatility. Yeah. I don't know how you go from that to no. it's just incredible. What a career. Wow. <laughs> But we cut to somewhat frantic shots of a black car moving through traffic. We get on-screen text that reads, Rome, June 6th, 6 a.m. So I'm like, we're starting the 666 a little little early. But in the back seat of the car sits Robert Thorne, played by Gregory Peck. I did read that this part was offered to Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) All right. He declined it because of the subject matter, but... Come he on. said that it was a stupid decision years later. I'm sure well, he did. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, uh, was it Christopher Lee who was supposed to be Dr. Loomis? And he was like, yeah. man, I, I should have done that shit. <laughs> well, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But he appears anxious as we hear a voiceover from Father Spoleto, played by Martin Benson. He says, the child is dead. He breathed for a moment, then he breathed no more. The phrase, the child is dead, echoes in Robert's mind as the car arrives at the hospital and he heads inside. From the second floor, a nun walks by as we pan down to the first floor through the railing where we see Robert seated talking to Father Spoleto. Robert says that if his wife finds out about the death of the child, it will kill her. She's always wanted a baby. He ponders how to explain everything to her and Spoleto suggests that they could adopt a child, but Robert says that she always wanted one of her own. So not to bring the party down already, but I read that Gregory Peck's son died two months before the filming began on this film. God damn. And so I can't imagine a lot of the stuff that he has to say in this film. Yeah. Well, I had read that they didn't even want to approach him with it because of that. Understandable. But that he said that's the reason he had accepted it. (sighs) Because his son sadly took his own life. Mm -hmm. And he, I guess, blamed himself for not being there for his son. And then I don't know. I don't know what he was working through that doing this movie helped that but it's a lot yeah Yeah. choices were made i wouldn't have even i wouldn't have even approached him personally they had said i saw an interview with richard donner where he said that peck's agent really wanted just peck to get out of the house because Mm. he had just kind of shut himself in and so he got the script of the omen and he took it to him and then donner met with gregory peck and his whole thing was he said, look, I never want you to call this a horror film. Yeah. That was what Gregory Peck said. And he's like, we won't. Oh, right. What? Sure. Uh, shut, <laughs> shut this all down. Uh, right yeah. now. Like, so I was I was very confused by that because I'm like, this is clearly a horror. Yeah. Film. yeah. But he had said that that was his thing. He's like, this is a psychological thriller. Right. And Richard Donner's like, mm-hmm. uh, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I can see it's it's both. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, and another thing that's very odd is that he had a very long and prolific career. Gregory Peck did. Yeah. yeah. But he got 10 percent of this box office gross. And so it became his biggest paycheck for any film he God ever made. Damn. On commentary, Richard Donner said that he was promised 2% from one of the producers. 
and he had his lawyer call to get it in writing and the producer says if you have your lawyer fucking call me one more time you are not getting your two percent he's like all right i'm sorry (laughs) he never got his two (laughs) percent but in the next scene we watch through glass as a nun cradles an infant in a neat bit of cinematography robert approaches the glass with father spoleto's reflection appearing behind the nun As Robert looks on, Spoleto remarks that the infant even resembles their child who passed away and that Robert's wife would never have to know. This is fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I truly did not remember this being how this child came into their lives at all. from Jump? What, him being a part of it? The lie, the fucking oh. lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I didn't I I, remember any of this. I remember this was one of the parts I remember. No, this was is like, infuriating. <laughs> yeah. I, I no, I Church did not remember. Just this giving at all. free kids away. I guess like, so. Oh. And lie to your wife. Like, yeah. I, uh, the, I, for for some reason, I I remember th- why a child came into their life. Mm-hmm. I always assumed it was adoption. I thought they adopted. The just child. just pure adoption, no. like him and the wife talk, and they're like, maybe we should adopt let's, a kid, and let's they're adopt like, adopt a baby. Yeah. See, for a while I was getting this one and Rosemary's baby confused. Mm, okay. And then I was when I started, I was like, I, I was like, all right, I remember, I remember this part. No, I, I did not. Like, yeah. ap- I didn't appreciate this. <laughs> well, no, it's not right <laughs> at all. Well, it might make you feel better because Father Spoleto says that it'll be a blessing both for her and the child. Oh, okay, it's fine then. Yeah. Oh, good. I'll continue. I'm I'm on board now completely. I will say I don't know a lot about infants, but that baby is several months old. (laughs) (laughs) They always are. I don't know why they do that. It's like you have the scene of the mother in labor and then they hand her a fucking eight month old (laughs) child. It's like, this is not my child. (laughs) (laughs) But Robert confirms with Father Spoleto that the infant has no relatives and Spoleto even says that the infant's mother died in the same moment that his child did. That's a lot. Yes. He even drives the point home that on this night, God has given the thorns a son. Robert visibly weighs his options, but in the next scene, we see him carrying the crying, like, eight-month-old baby. (laughs) The crying toddler. The crying toddler (laughs) into a hospital room. Kid saying, Mom already. (laughs) It's like, where are we going? (laughs) But he places the baby in the waiting arms of Catherine Thorne, played by Lee Remick. I'm not saying that the notion of adopting this child is... I mean, I feel like that's a, a logical leap. Fair. Mm-hmm. It's the lying for that, me. Well, <laughs> this that talk, talk to your wife, grieve together. Absolutely. This is the situation. We have all this love to give. Mm-hmm. This child needs a family. Right. Let's talk about this. Not oh, here's your child. <laughs> what that's, the fuck? I, I what are you doing, uh, dude? <laughs> I was just mad. This whole this whole thing. I was mad. This is a marriage ending lie. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, <laughs> fucking yeah, that's absolutely. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty bad. And then what about for future pregnancies and stuff? This is medical history that she needs to know. Yeah. Like, y'all are on some bullshit. I, this yeah. really made me mad. <laughs> well, he goes for it. He even says, <laughs> he even, which felt like insult to injury and honestly tipping your hand a little bit, but he goes, here's your boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then seals it with a kiss. Fuck off, man. <laughs> But in the next scene, we see Robert arriving at a pretty incredible looking building that is revealed to be their actual home. So it's clear he's very important. Right. Yeah. He heads into the living room where Kathy is dressing their son. She greets him and he tells her that they need to pack for London. As she passes the kid off to a random employee, Robert spills the full news. 
He has just been appointed the United States ambassador to Great Britain. So is that what it's like to have money? You just give your <laughs> give your kid to yeah. somebody. That that person was just standing there. Like, yeah, That's not even my waiting. job. Yeah, this like, bores was... me. And, then, yeah. and why couldn't she carry up? the baby? Yeah, and I, I, none of it makes any sense to me. Rich people. Yeah, we're very important. Yeah, um, so I need both hands to be yeah. important. To be surprised, I, I <laughs> react a lot with my hands. So you understand. But the music swells as Kathy embraces her incredibly important husband. But we then cut to the family arriving in England, the Elizabeth Tower and Big Ben behind them as their car pulls up to their new massive home. The license plate on the car reads USA One, which I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know if that's standard, but it seemed a, like, like yeah. a lot. <laughs> a little on the nose. Yes, yeah, so it's like, yes, we get it. USA number one. <laughs> But once inside the home, Robert says it might be a bit much, but Kathy says that she's already told the realtors yes, and that nothing is too much for the future president of the United States. Slow down, Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh because I'm like, it's not enough that he's an ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you you need to think you about upward mobility. <laughs> <laughs> but Kathy excitedly rushes him to a large room that the realtor referred to as his day room, which Robert says will feel more comfortable once it's filled with books. They look out the window and wave to their son, who is being held by a nanny. Robert then closes the shutters to the window and kisses Kathy. I was like, are they about to christen the day room? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I <laughs> yeah. thought. You know? I was uh, like, Mr. Peck, good <laughs> yeah. lord. He's about to... <laughs> Mr. Pecker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's about to peck her, if you will. Um, <laughs> he says that they should continue the tour upstairs, but she reminds him that they don't have furniture up there either. I guess it's, you know, good a place as any to show yeah. the flesh. But he tells her that she might just be too sexy for the White House and they hug. That's his way of telling her I will never be president. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a little offensive to previous first ladies. Yeah. It's like they were not. <laughs> but you. It was at this point, though, that I had to look up the age gap between them. Thank you. Understandable. Because he... It's almost a fatherly like age difference. It's a little, visually. It's, visually, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little like, distracting. Yeah, I want to say it's 19 years. I should have looked it up again before we sat down, which is like, yeah, that's a big age gap, but it looks like even more to me. I would agree because I don't know. Gregory Peck just seems like one of those, like he was in black and white movies, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like... He's almost timeless. Yeah. It's like, how long have you been working? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But we get shots of the Thorne family walking across an English hillside, Robert holding Damien and Kathy dragging some kind of dog bike toy. Yeah, I was like, that's not a real dog. You <laughs> no. know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but as the sun sets on the horizon, we cut to Robert and Kathy walking together among the trees. As it turns out, Robert has to fly out soon to meet the president, who we learn was his college roommate, which sounds about right. Yeah. You know, there's really not much qualifications for being an ambassador. You kind of just have to know the president. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't think that you have to really do all that much. If you are rich and you know the president, yeah, I think you got it. Well, shit. Some ambassadors and shit are just high donors to the president. Huh. What a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I know. Systems fucking right. <laughs> USA number not one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this little montage right here, I was like, okay, you're setting up that this is the perfect little family. Yeah. Uh -huh. Nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> it's like okay. that's the first thing that's ever yeah. come. Yeah, I'm sure all of this will be great. Well, nay. <laughs> 
Kathy does tell him because I guess they hang out with the president a lot. Right. She says to give her regards to the apparently far less sexy first lady. (laughs) (laughs) But at this point, they realize that their son, who they reveal has been named Damien. I used it earlier, but they reveal it now. We all know. We We all know what's going on. But they realize that he is no longer with them. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but I <laughs> laughed out loud at this point because I genuinely thought, because it was kind of montage uh-huh. I thought that we had cut to a different day where Damien <laughs> yeah. was not with them because nobody was fucking yeah. thinking about the Dude, no, no shit. <laughs> yeah. The, th- the thing about this is that I thought this was weeks later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it doesn't even look like the same day. And the fact that Damien has not been in one shot. No. Yeah. I, Since this scene happened, I literally I screamed at the TV. I said, "How are you going to be worried <laughs> when y'all haven't been paying attention to this little motherfucker the whole time?" Period. They're all over each other. They're just yeah. strolling. Like I, I laughed, dude. I was like, "What the hell?" How How did you expect him to keep up with you on that yeah. dog bike toy? <laughs> but the music grows tense as they begin a frantic search calling out his name they do find his dog bike toy near the rushing waters of a creek which is not a good look at all no no that's horrifying very much but lucky for them damien is hiding behind a tree smiling he's like gotcha bitch (laughs) (laughs) he's a little prankster they rush over and kathy scoops him up but he begins to cry i guess he didn't want to be found yeah it's a little weird. I was like, why is he crying? I think because an actress is holding him. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? But the family is reunited and uplifting music plays. Through a photo montage, we see the Thorne family over the next few years engaging in various activities as Damien continues to grow up. After a bit, the photos are time cut to the tune of Happy Birthday to You, and we see the Thorns enjoying time together in their backyard with Damien dressed as a cowboy. We then cut to present day, where we see a nanny played by Holly Palance holding a now five-year-old Damien played by Harvey Spencer Stevens as he blows out the candles on his birthday cake. According to the commentary, that photo montage was done in the span of one day, mm-hmm. and they did it two weeks before production started, so it was like a pre-production thing. Uh-huh. And the editor who spliced it together and did the fucking montage to happy birthday and everything. He said, I honestly thought it was corny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Cause I read that the screenwriter literally said that he wrote this for a check. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) He said it in England because he wanted to visit London. Is he Adam Uh, Sandler? And he said that, uh, that yeah that it was just for a paycheck and honestly he was really surprised that everybody took it so seriously so it's like all these people involved in this movie are like Man, yeah. <laughs> i i will say though he that was really the only snide remark he had on commentary yeah. <laughs> everything else he was blown away by the film i don't want anyone to think he was just fucking shitting on yeah. it or anything that's hilarious though but yeah. he's like, i thought it was corny as hell i'm like jeez man and in all fairness, when it started syncing up to Happy Birthday, it was a little much. Yeah. And it, well, I feel like at this point, we've already seen the montages of them walking yeah. and then, you know, neglecting their child. And then <laughs> now we have to watch him growing up. It's like, oh, like we get it. it mm-hmm. Your family is beautiful. You're successful and happy. Like, OK. They're kind of driving points home twice. Yes, yeah. exactly. The fact that we he's getting this new ambassador position in the UK. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't have to find out that he plays squash with the president yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's enough, I would think. But I, I, I get that for sure. But at the birthday party, the crowd applauds and sings happy birthday to Damien. Fun fact that 
is totally like off subject. Mm-hmm. But I know we've talked about in the past how you have to pay to have the happy birthday song in your films. Right. I was reading up on it and a documentary filmmaker named Jennifer Nelson called bullshit on the whole thing and actually sued the people. It was Warner Chapel Music, the group right. that said that they owned the rights to the happy birthday song because yeah. it apparently had been bouncing around for years and they just ended up with it. Right. But the court found that they couldn't prove that they owned the copyright and so the song is public domain now oh no nice. people ever have to pay them like i wonder they, if they, they, they have to pay it back yes oh they did oh, wow. they paid <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous because apparently they got the rights in 1988 yeah. and they were aggressive about making people pay oh, for it that's what they get then yeah. fucking greedy fucks it's happy oh, birthday yeah. not the no beatles <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, they had to pay back $14 million. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but wow. I hope that this means that at restaurants, we don't have to hear those shitty happy birthday songs no, anymore. No, we still sing the shitty happy birthday songs. Well, tell them that you don't have <laughs> Guys, to. Guys, we can, we can sing, sing happy right? birthday. We're unshackled. We're, come on. <laughs> Let's fucking sing this shit. But anyway, a photographer played by Patrick McAllenay breaks away from the group to chat with Keith Jennings, another photographer played by David Warner. So which one of these guys is Snape? <laughs> I don't think any of them. It's the hair. The hair. It's, yeah. I, I referred to it as Ringo Starr hair several oh, times. Oh, several that's times fair. That is very fair. It was a popular cut. <laughs> yeah, I guess. This is 1976. <laughs> but... Considering the crowd and adoration, Keith makes a crack saying he doesn't know if they're honoring the heir to the Thorn Millions or Jesus Christ himself. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I want to point out about David Warner from this film. Mm-hmm. He caught the eye of Wes Craven. Right. Craven would cast him in 1984 to play Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street and they even did makeup tests, but he mm. had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts. Oh, oh my wow. God, I bet he fucking kicked himself for that one, Oh, yeah. Man. And the pictures look pretty good. Yeah. Damn. But he was almost Freddy Krueger, but if you recall from Scream 2, he was Sydney's drama teacher. That's so cool. Yeah, that's right. So I thought that was interesting that Craven's like, I will find a part yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> it might take a few decades. But, but we'll get it. We'll find it. But he watches Damien happily feeds a bite of cake to Robert before he's carried off by the nanny. Robert continues mingling with very important looking guests, but Kathy seems very distracted. She watches as a photographer takes more pictures of Damien and just rushes over to the nanny, telling her that she's happy to take Damien. I thought this was very weird. Yeah. I literally have in my notes, what the fuck was that? Like, the nanny was just walking off with him and it, she wasn't going to steal him. Yeah. I think that it was... I'm his mom. If there's pictures of him oh. being held by a woman at his party, it should be me. So oh, it's, all right. it's like some uh, highfalutin fucking rich people that's what shit. It, yeah. That's what it read like because she saw pictures being taken. She went over, she took Damien away, and then she literally looks the nanny up and down like, bitch, like, this is my kid. But you, <laughs> nanny, you took the him. The nanny's like, like, I know I work <laughs> for you. Like, <laughs> it was a very weird moment, but it that's was, how yeah. I took it because I even rewound it. I was like, did she say something weird or did yeah. she? Because the way she looks at her is like <laughs> she overstepped, but she's, she didn't do anything. She's like, I got a car waiting. <laughs> <She's> like, no, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Give me back the kid. But no, there was nothing weird. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But that, that does make a lot of sense. I had thought maybe if you think about it, I guess if they are pictures taken, 
then what if the press and it's like the tabloids and they're like she won't even fucking hold her own kid yeah. right. or whatever i don't know man and those british tabloids be they can get pretty rough talking. <laughs> i don't know how they get away with <laughs> i really don't but the nanny does hand him over and walks away through the crowd of party goers we get a view of the full spread of the party and it is ridiculous they have a carousel They've got, I want to say a bouncy house, but it's not, it's no walls or a roof. It's right. like a bouncy floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in construction. There you go. Yeah. But they also have a train. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? He's a very important man. He is yeah, a very important we man. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> but Keith snaps a photo of the nanny as she walks past him, but she suddenly stops walking when she catches the eye of a Rottweiler standing over by a tree. Eerie music begins to play as we zoom in on them making eye contact. What in the son of Sam? <laughs> good He's shit. like, nothing good. Do it, David. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it for all of us. But we then cut back to the Thorns having the time of their lives. Damien goes down a mini roller coaster, screaming his head off and being <laughs> snapped by the paparazzi. Then he's on the carousel, beaming ear to ear. It's the best birthday party ever. Yeah. I mean, I would love a birthday. I'm 32 uh, yeah. years old. <laughs> that party was You're fucking... Like, Get me a bouncy yeah, floor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when we hear someone calling his name from a distance. After a few calls, we see Robert take notice. The voice then says, look at me, Damien, as Kathy retrieves him from the carousel. He points up high to the top floor of their mansion. We see the nanny standing there with a rope around her neck. She calls out, look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Then, with a smile on her face, she leaps from the building, hanging herself. Her body smashes into the window below, shattering it, and her body sways as the crowd shrieks in horror, parents shielding the eyes of their children. We do get a couple shots of unattended minors just getting their minds warped forever at the sight of this thing. I was, uh, I thought the same thing. I was like, everybody on the merry-go-round is just like, oh shit. Yeah, no, yeah. you're in therapy for life uh, now. Oh yeah. Talk about a fucking party foul. Man. Yeah. But for me, it's such, this is part one of the two things I remember. This yeah. Is, um, yes. Her hanging herself is bad enough, uh -huh. but the way that she swings and crashes through oh, that window yeah. is like, chilling for some reason like it's upsetting right it see it's it's insult to injury really like the and also it creates more of like a because if it was just jump snap whatever that's yeah. very bad on its own yeah but the crash of the window the sound of it Ugh. it's yeah, more it's, frightening it's a lot and the fact that she fucking tipped her hat to Damien before doing yeah. it. <laughs> this one goes out yeah. to my man. <laughs> this one's dedicated to Damien. Like, that's really weird. Happy birthday, bro. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think enough attention is given to that. And you know what also it looks like now? Kathy's like, give me my son. And she's like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. This is because of Kathy. Yeah. I was going to steal that kid. Yeah. And now I can't. And so now she. Like, I don't know. It seems very odd yeah. from the perspective of the party goers and of Kathy and Robert who don't really give this the attention it deserves. No, <laughs> they really don't <laughs> because I don't, I don't, you know, want to move ahead here, but I don't think this is ever mentioned again. Yeah. Not, not in the way it deserves. Not by them. Yeah. No, more people around them. Well, like, it's like, what the fuck, man? Fucking <laughs> Derwin's like great party, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> But Robert rushes one of his staff to go retrieve the nanny's body. Keith snaps several photos of the nanny as Robert runs to Kathy and Damien. He holds them close and Keith gets a few shots of that too. I was going to call him like a like a leech, but 
honestly, the man's doing his job. Yeah. If you, if that's your job and some shit like that happened and you do not take a picture yeah. of it, like, like, come on. You're going to be laughed out of the yeah. reporter deal. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever, whatever you do. Deal. <laughs> but we zoom in on Damien's face, his eyes unblinking as he rests his head on Kathy's shoulder. But then he sees the Rottweiler off in the distance and raises his head up. That same eerie music plays as he waves at the dog and it runs off. So we've got a pretty massive shift in tone mm-hmm. from what film we've seen so far. Yeah, everything was perfect. Everything was yeah. ago. everything was the most pizza yeah. I've ever seen. And now it's no uh, longer. Mm-mm. But in the next scene, we see Robert arriving at work, but he's being bombarded by reporters asking questions about the nanny's suicide, as well as seeking clarification on an article written about the incident. I do want to point out that as he's pulling up, you see like a very like 70s dressed man, like fucking sashaying his ass across the, co- the yeah. crosswalk. It's the producer of the film, Harvey Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> they pointed it out on commentary and they were just laughing their asses off. What oh, did he, he do? didn't mean I don't to? know. No, it was it was a cameo. Oh. <laughs> but they were like, there's Harvey. <laughs> like, fucking, they lost it. But it was very funny to me. But the reporters ask if the nanny left a note and if she was on drugs, like the article said. Robert denies all of this, but in his attempt to walk away, bumps right into Keith, causing him to drop his camera. Robert very kindly apologizes and asks Keith to send him a bill for the repair, but Keith very suspiciously says, That's all right, Mr. Ambassador. Let's just say you owe me. Let's just say I'll buy you a new fucking camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're lucky I offered that. Yeah, no sh- Why would you take this deal? I don't this know. This dude looks shady as fuck. You're taking pictures of dead women. You're uh-huh. showing up at my home. Now you're here at my fucking work. I don't owe you anything. I, I no. <laughs> take- broke his camera. No. Okay. I'll pay for the camera. <laughs> like, I take that back. Yeah. I, say, I, I, owe, I owe him you- one thing. <laughs> I owe you one camera and then you don't need to be showing your face around here anymore. It's just, I've never seen a more loaded. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right. It's like, sure. Yeah. Okay. No, dude. Robert nods though. He does. <laughs> and he heads into the elevator after getting a nearby corporal to disperse the crowd of media. According to the commentary, this scene was filmed at the American embassy in the UK on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and the office that we're about to see that is Robert's office is the ambassador's office. What the That's fuck? pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it's nuts to me because this movie was made for so cheap. Yeah. And it was a joint production between the United States and the UK. But all the locations that we see, aside from a few sets, are pretty much what they claim to be. Oh. That's really cool. Like when they're in Rome, they're in Rome. And when they're in the UK, they're in the UK. That's that's pretty cool. I thought that was yeah. really neat. Well, the dude wrote this just to get yeah. that's true. <laughs> an international trip. And so. it makes me laugh because I don't know how often they just take the screenwriter with them too. <laughs> to right. I, I got to go. Yeah. It was uh, part of the deal. I like guess. If you are buying this, you're also buying me. Right. <laughs> I, I feel bad for him later. He's like, what do you mean I don't get to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But in his office, Robert gets a call from his secretary saying that there's a Father Brennan here to see him from Rome. His secretary says it's a matter of urgent personal business about a hospital. 
His aides assume that it's regarding a donation, and Robert plays it super cool without giving anything away. Because mm-hmm. he, there's, yeah. how else can you? Yeah, no. You, have you to know. know what this is. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm, you know, you guys got to <laughs> get out. <laughs> <laughs> there's no sweat, though. Yeah. I'd be sweating like a motherfucker. But one of the aides asks why Robert is postponing a trip to Saudi Arabia, and he says that it's personal and that he doesn't feel like leaving home right now. Now, these aides, they were at the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all don't remember? What? <laughs> no, even if you weren't at the party, remember those reporters 30 yes. seconds yeah. ago, what they were talking about? I'm just so confused because they're like, dude, why are you so yeah. down? <laughs> Fucking suck it up, Why man? are you spending time with your family so <laughs> much? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Did you not see that shit? But the aides leave, and Father Brennan, played by Patrick Troughton, walks in, closing the door behind him. Now, I don't watch Doctor Who, but mm-hmm. for people who do, apparently, he was the second doctor. Oh, shit. Oh, all right. Well, he made a hell of an entrance, because <laughs> when he closed the door, you heard the click. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. If I'm Robert, I'm like, you're going to need to unlock that. Yeah. <laughs> the audacity. Oh, is that your name on the door? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, are you the ambassador? I didn't realize. <laughs> Throwing the fucking door around like you own the place. But he tells Robert that they don't have a lot of time, and he must listen to what he has to say. Robert agrees to do just that. Brennan urges Robert to accept Jesus Christ as his savior and to take communion. He says only if Christ is within him can he defeat the son of the devil. Robert's like, I see. <laughs> Again, a hell of an entrance. Yes. Yeah. Um, if I have one note for him, he comes on a little strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was, mean. <laughs> I was going to say. Maybe I, we could have eased into yeah. it. He literally, we don't have a lot of time, except Jesus, the son of the devil. Like, it's like, oh my God. How about, what's your name? Maybe not lead (laughs) like like that. Start with that. Who the hell are you? How's your day been, Mr. Ambassador? (laughs) Like anything. But I do have to point out this, there's this split diopter shot Mm -hmm. from the desk. It's from the perspective of Robert behind the desk. Right. So we see his family photos to the right and Father Brennan on the left. Mm-hmm. And with what Father Brennan is saying, it's just, it's genius. Right. Like, I fucking love it. Uh, Gilbert Taylor was a cinematographer. Richard Donner said that he talked him out of retirement, but looking at his filmography, he, he worked steady f- for like forever. So I don't know that that's true. Yeah. He did Doctor Strangelove. He did Star Wars the year after this. So I don't think that. <laughs> I read several reports that Gregory peck came out of retirement to do this and i don't think that's true either is richard donner (laughs) (laughs) he's like you know i was gonna retire and then i got the omen (laughs) and then i convinced me to do the omen it's like you had a contract for (laughs) (laughs) i'm so confused but oh speaking of star wars the success of the omen allowed for george lucas to be able to like it paid for star wars holy shit and again that's according to richard donner so (laughs) i don't know if that's true i saved gregory peck's career and i made yes i made george lucas but brennan says he's killed once and he'll kill again He'll kill until everything that's Robert's is his, and only through Christ can Robert fight him. He asks Robert once more to accept Christ and take communion. 
He then says that he's locked the door, which we saw him do. You yeah. heard it, dude. <laughs> I don't know why he would say that here. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. He's like, and you're not fucking he's going. Like, I've got, he's like, I've got these biscuits right here. Yeah. Like for, I don't know what communion is in England, but it, maybe it's biscuits. All I know is I see communion different ever since midnight mass. Of course. <laughs> so that's where my mind wandered. Yeah. I was like, you're no Father Paul. Father no. Paul could have convinced me to take communion. But, but not you. No. Too aggressive. <laughs> well, the way he entered is already a bad sign. <laughs> but at this point, Robert finally wisens up and he's like, security. <laughs> <laughs> His secretary is on it, but Brennan drops the bomb. He was at the hospital the night Robert's son was born and he saw the birth. See, I would have been annoyed with him going in there too strong and you know with this whole sales pitch but when he said that then i would be like what the fuck does that mean yes you know what i mean maybe we can sit down and talk yeah about it like, and if you, you not calm yell down, at me about jesus yeah. and killing i understand time is of the essence <laughs> yeah but like five minutes though yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. time's that short and robert in all fairness his day has just started i don't even yeah. know if he's had his coffee yet <laughs> Is like the first meeting of the day, and it's a lot to take in. But Robert asks what Brennan wants, and Brennan says to save him so Christ will forgive him. He says he knows everything about Robert's son and that he saw its mother. It's? Yes. Robert's like, my wife? Brennan's like, it's mother. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they go back and forth until Brennan blurts out, it's mother was a jack. And then this is when the secretary and the security walk in and Robert instructs them to escort Father Brennan out of there. I'd be like, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Give us yeah. give us two more minutes. Literally give us five seconds just so we can finish that what? word he yeah. started. <laughs> what yeah. is the back half of that word yeah. you were about to it's say? It's very important. If she was a jackass, I don't care. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> if it's another word that starts with jack. We yeah. might have problems. <laughs> but on his way out, Brennan tells him to accept Christ and to take daily communion. Once they leave, Robert sits back down at his desk, deep in thought. I mean, I I, I just want a, a couple more minutes. Yes. Let me talk to the crazy dude real quick. Because what, what, yeah, what do you mean you were there? You obviously know something if you're bringing this night up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Give Just say... Let him, let him. You guys can just sit at the door. Yeah, don't listen. just wait right yeah, outside. Yeah, don't listen. There but. was one moment whenever he said that he saw the birth and Robert did tell the security to hold off. Yeah, but, but then when they came in, he's like, bake him away, toys. <laughs> I'd be like, hold <laughs> on. Yeah. I said, wait. This is literally just getting good. Yeah. yeah. He's not scary anymore. He seems to have info that I might need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but we see Father Brennan escorted out of the building and past Keith, who has sat on the steps. He calls out to Brennan and snaps a photo. Later, we see him developing the photo in his dark room, but he notices something peculiar. There's a dark, spear-like shadow appearing in the photo, pointed directly at Brennan's head. He then holds the photo up to two other photos he took of Brennan from different distances, all containing the same shadow pointed at the same angle. You could have written this off if it were just the one photo, mm -hmm. but all these different angles, it's like, fuck. Yeah. yeah, it's weird and creepy, but like, why were you taking so many pictures of that dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's also weird and creepy. That oh, is weird yeah. too. Why was he still there? I don't know. Yeah, I, and isn't your camera broken, dude? Holy shit. He it has one smashed. strapped to his ankle. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smaller camera just in case. 
But in the next scene, we see a car arrive at the Thorn residence and out steps Mrs. Baylock, played by Billy Whitelaw. Mrs. Horton, played by Sheila Rayner, alerts the Thorns of her arrival, saying Baylock claims to be the new nanny. She's sent in to meet them, and she starts by saying that she doesn't mean to intrude on their grief. Her only hope is to help Damien move past what's happened with the previous nanny. She regrettably says that many of the younger nannies get homesick or have boyfriend troubles, but she assures them that she's far past that stage in her life. I don't like her energy. Oh, no. Right off the bat, you don't need to say a word. This is, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good fit. Right out of the gate, I was like, you're giving off really bad vibes. Yeah. They don't seem to pick up on them no. at all. No. <laughs> but Mrs. Baylock asks to see Damien, and when Kathy offers to take her to his room, she says that she'd rather go alone so that they can get acquainted in their own way. Get the fuck out of my <laughs> house. Yeah, that, that was a little weird. Yes. And I was like, I don't I don't like what that that's how that sounds. You got <laughs> that's a weirdest yeah. <laughs> uh, it, there's no universe where that's like, no, okay, I understand. That yeah, sounds good. No, dude. When Kathy starts to get a little weirded out, which should have happened way sooner, Robert says that should be fine, and Kathy relents, instructing Mrs. Horton to take Mrs. Baylock to see Damien. So they've already got enough going on with the reporters. Mm-hmm. This woman rocks up without any kind of anything and you're just going to believe her. Yeah. I look, you know, no like lawsuits coming my way or whatever, but Piers Morgan hacked into a dead person's phone to fucking do shit. Now, I'm not saying he did it personally. I know that the newspaper that he was a part of did. So I'm not going to put it past an old lady to put on a fucking like nun habit or whatever she was wearing and then go up (laughs) (laughs) and go up to the room to like take a picture of the kid for the paper. Right. Tabloids or, will do fucking anything. Or yeah. worse. Or worse. Yeah. Yes. Or take him. Or hurt him. Yes. Or I'm sorry, no, this yeah, is fucking not. crazy. This is very weird. <laughs> I'm like, I know that you sometimes forget that you have a child. <laughs> I understand, but Well no, dude, the dog bike toy was watching them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you forget that part. This is a step up from a dog bike toy. Fair, but oh. I would so, I would like to see some paperwork. <laughs> yeah. After the two women leave, Kathy says that she likes Mrs. Baylock, and after Robert agrees, she asks where he found her, and he says that he assumed that she did. So this is where we're at least getting to the point where it's not good. Yeah. I'm sorry, you you liked her? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we gotta let's start there. You both agreed that yeah. you yeah. liked her? They're like, oh no, she was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't understand where you're getting that. I met her too, and I was not yeah, no. smitten. <laughs> Right, this is the first time we are also seeing her. Yeah, <laughs> and the vibes were uh, off. Mm-hmm. But we cut to Mrs. Horton showing Mrs. Baylock where Damien's room is, and just as she heads off on her own, Robert and Kathy rush up the stairs asking Baylock to explain the situation. She simply says, the agency read about what happened to the previous nanny in the paper, so they sent another nanny. Kathy, on the fucking ball, says she's going to call to confirm that, and then Baylock makes with a list of references. With that, they give her permission to go see Damien. You know what's interesting about saying shit? Mm-hmm. You can just say shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can be like, no, I, the queen, I nannied for the queen. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean, I don't know the queen. You Guys, can, I know uh, you're going to be surprised. Yeah. I don't even know her. Never met her once. You know what you could also say? I am the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? I'm not. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, I don't understand. I would need to make that call yes. first. No. 
Well, even even that, be like, okay, this is cool and all. Uh-huh. And I, I still got to check it I out. I have to check your yeah, references. This I, is yeah. literally my child. Like I would, and you don't, well, you don't even have to do it. Mean you could be like, you know what? I'm sure that is all yeah. true. Yeah. But I'm gonna need to make a phone call well, yeah. for my own personal. I, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just paranoid. I wouldn't let a stranger watch my cat. No, like yeah, let alone no. my kids. Not this my is cat. Th- They're like, no, the cat agency <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sent a new. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. No. I did want to point out that in this scene, it is shot from a low angle. And according to the commentary, Gregory Peck had them reshoot it several times so they wouldn't show him with a double chin. <laughs> Same, Gregory. I, see, that's, that's the thing. Like Richard Donner brought it up like it was a bad thing, but I'm like, no, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have, you want like, me in your movie or not? Yeah. Have you ever had your friend take a selfie with the two of you and they look great, but you look like an ogre? <laughs> not <laughs> a, It's like, I'm happy that you're getting fucking attention right. for this shit. When did you meet Shrek? Oh, oh that's God. me. That's Travis. Oh and all God. of my chins came out today. This is great. There were a lot of things said on this thing that Richard Donner almost made him seem like, a, you know, Hollywood, whatever. Mm. But various times throughout, he said how much he enjoyed working with him. So as I bring them up, I don't want you to think that Gregory. That they were just uh, trashing yeah. him. No, they, they loved working with this dude, except for two things. And this was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> But Balok makes her way to Damien's room, and we see him hanging out on the floor near the fireplace. She quietly reassures him, saying, Have no fear, little one. I'm here to protect thee. He smiles wide as she closes the door behind her. Thee? Thee! Yeah. I'm sorry. He's I, like, oh, <laughs> shit! Come on in. Hey, girl! Yeah. <laughs> Once you start speaking like that, I'm horrified. Yeah. I read that they decided that she doesn't really fit because everything is pretty innocent and right. then yeah. she's introduced and she's clearly ominous. Right. But Donner was so impressed with her and her performance that he couldn't cut her. Like right. he was like, no, I mean, it I was get supposed it. to be like a gentle nanny type right, right. person. And then she just shows up and he went with her and fell in love with it. Wait, she just showed up. I read. Did that she have she, any yeah. kind of I, paperwork? She, she was like, "No, yeah, I acted for the queen." <laughs> I read that literally. She heard about the movie and the casting, and called on a Friday after everybody had left, and so she just showed up on Monday. <laughs> And it was like, I'm here, I guess. And she got the part. Well, good for her. Yeah, because it was All not right. even the type that they were yeah. looking for. So I don't maybe this woman really I, I don't know. know. Maybe she is <laughs> in league And then the with... director was so enraptured that he couldn't cut her. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe you know, He'll maybe she is you. here to protect V. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this kind of for me, I, I kind of feel like the lady at the the first nanny that uh-huh. hung herself. I feel like that was like look when i was watching it, i was like okay so now they're coming to watch this dude like yes. some, you know something is so may I, I was like okay so was she like uh gonna just take him to the room and be like look this is for you or whatever and then offer herself in front of him or something or you know what i mean oh, like a you sacrifice mean, you mean the if, first nanny if kathy hadn't taken her away right because she was oh. like look hey this because the dog showed up and then she was like oh it's time you know what I mean? We need to kind of let him know what's going on now. Or maybe the dog was like, we got to get you out of here because yeah, we got a we real got bitch coming to, <laughs> think, to protect this dude. I think my question is, is if the, she nannied for the queen, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if the dog has so much power to make the nanny do that, why can't he just make her be like the devil's nanny or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> you know? Uh, 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 when you think about it I like that, like it'd it would really be a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. 
But instead, Mrs. Baylock is like, no, I'm going to handle that shit. (laughs) So get her out of the way and give me that job opening. But some indistinct time later, the Thorns are getting ready to leave for church, and Kathy calls out to Baylock to bring Damien downstairs. Baylock informs her that Damien would much rather go to the park, as he's far too young for church and will cause a fuss. When I tell you, you got me fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, that. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. If I want to take my kid to go, I don't know, stand on the sidewalk for an hour. That's my... That's, yeah. And you're supposed to get him ready because you're taking care of him and you're like, nah, I don't feel... Who the fuck are you? I'm uh, sorry, dude. Him, this made me so mad. Get him ready and uh-huh. then get your stuff ready and, yes. so you can <laughs> And leave. you can tell your little agency yeah, to send yes. somebody else. Take yeah, your dog no. with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kathy reminds her that it is her wish and Robert's wish to have Damien come with them to church. Balak still protests, asking politely if she believes that a five-year-old would even understand the goings-on at an Episcopal wedding. Ma'am. Kathy, about to break her foot off in some nanny ass. (laughs) As she should. She's like, if you don't have Damien dressed and in the car in five minutes, and then she leaves. I was like, oh my God. What you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I actually made that last part up. She didn't threaten threaten violence, but she she did tell her. She would have been within her rights. Yeah. That pissed I, me off. I just didn't understand. I, I feel like Balak is testing the waters. Right, right. She's like, how much shit, how much control do I have right now? This is a little more than testing the waters. Yeah. Before when she was like, uh, the mom's like, okay, we'll go. No, 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 no. I'll go by myself. That's even too far. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is Rick James habitual line <laughs> stepper status. And can we talk about the indistinct time later? This literally could be the next day <laughs> where she just arrived yesterday and now she's like, um, no, yeah. I will be making all decisions for Damien. I <laughs> think I know what's best for Damien. <laughs> met that kid yesterday, but we cut to Horton, played by Robert McLeod, driving the thorns to church. Robert and Kathy are all smiles, but Damien, after having his giant top hat taken off by his mother, just stares in distress at the sight of the church. He turns around to Kathy, who asks him what's wrong. She cradles him, telling him it's just a church and there's nothing to worry about. She remarks that he seems scared to death and that he's even trembling in her arms. As the car nears the front of the church, Damien focuses on a sculpted angel on the roof of the church and the music reaches a crescendo. An attendant opens the door, greeting Robert as he gets out of the car. Out of nowhere... Damien just starts beating the shit out of Kathy, screaming and pulling her hair. Robert immediately takes notice, hops back into the car, and pulls Damien off of her. A crowd outside the church looks on in confusion, and honestly, judgment. They're like, this is how you raise your kids? He came for his mom's ass. He did. I laughed because the guy that tried to... That opened the door for him to get uh, out of the car. Uh, just closes it back. Like, yeah. never, well, he knew. He was well, like, uh, never uh, mind. Well, Robert asks him to. He's like, close yeah. it. The look on his face was hilarious. He's yeah. like, you've got it, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly. But he then instructs Horton to drive away. And Damien struggles in Robert's arms, screaming help over and over. Now, you want to be inhabiting my son's body. <laughs> 
you know, you want to, I don't, you're a, you're a, a demon in there or you're what, you know what I mean? The devil or what are you supposed to be? <laughs> I'm Christ. trying to figure out what's the, the kid, the kid <laughs> okay, throwing a fit. Okay. You're supposed to, yes. you know what I mean? You want to be, uh, well, you want to be my son. You're still going to get an ass whooping, but you know what I mean? <laughs> D- you know, evil or not. If, uh, if I'm your dad for right now, you're going to catch these hands. For right now. You know for what right I mean? Now. Yeah. Well, but you got to understand he's not a, he's nothing yet. He's just a boy that, that he, why did he throw such a fit? Yeah, how well, strange. Something's wrong. Oh, so clearly. that's what I'm saying. Oh no. What what got me is him screaming for help. Yes. When they're driving off. He's not throwing a fit. He's like scared of something. He's desperate. Yes. Nah, well, he's still <laughs> he <laughs> hit he, his mom. He be, did. Yeah, he sounded that. really weirdly distorted when he, he screamed. He did. He's like, ah. Yeah. So there's something else in there, but we don't Yeah. Know. In what, there. What could it be? I don't know. First things first, though, after the conversation I had with Father Brennan, I'd be calling him immediately. That, uh, yeah. No, for sure. Why are you afraid? I do not know. One funny thing I did want to point out is that on commentary, Donner says that he shot this scene in particular mm-hmm. and a lot of the film, but he was like, what was the name of that camera operator that was supposed to... I had a lot of problems with him. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love this sequence. It's shot handheld, a ton of quick cuts from the editor, right. the music. It's just very yeah. good work. But back at home, Robert puts on a record of peaceful classical music as Kathy tends to her injuries in the bathroom mirror. Robert asks if she thinks Damien should see a doctor, but Kathy says that he's fine. He's actually never been sick a day in his life, we find out, which is very weird. Yeah. It is very weird. But I think in the context of this, I'd be like, wow, we're really lucky. Our kid has never been sick. <laughs> Pretty cool. Be like, He's evil. <laughs> you wouldn't jump to the conclusions? Probably not. On that for, map? For once. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but he he knows. Yes. he Robert is starting. He's like, yeah. Don't. yeah, no, I'm strictly speaking as the mother. Okay, Robert's got no yeah. excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Robert says, don't you think that's strange? No measles, no mumps, no chicken pox, not even a cough or a cold. And she's like, so? Come on. Yeah. She tells him that they have nothing to worry about with Damien, not physically or otherwise. And I'm like, weren't you a party to that whole ass beating earlier? That's what I'm saying. I say, come on, dude. That wasn't normal. No. Denial, man. I guess. No, he's fine. He's fine. One thing I have noticed is that rich people let their kids get away with the weirdest shit. Right. And so maybe that's just part of it. You're like, look, so you got to, you know, take a churchy ass beating from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the house we live in. Yeah. But she holds his hand and says that Damien just had a bad moment. He kisses her hand and a chambermaid played by Don Perlman randomly walks in saying that she's leaving for the night. Kathy bids her good night and after she leaves, tells Robert that the best thing to do with a bad day is to just end it. She leaves Robert alone, who clearly has a lot on his mind. So answer me this because I, I have a question about this. Considering what happened in the car at the church, mm-hmm. shouldn't the roles kind of be reversed here? Where even though Robert knows all that stuff with the priest and everything, because he took part in a very dark deal, right? If if I had gotten my ass beat by by uh, like a kid, I would be very mad at that kid, and I would say mm-hmm. we need to look into something for this kid, right? As opposed to, ah, he's fine. I feel like it just depends on your parenting style. Me, I'm assuming I've never had a nanny, although I have nannied for the queen. I've never had one myself. <laughs> um, I'm assuming a child has a bond 
with this woman that's taking care of mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And that woman not only is gone in a horrible and tragic way, it happened in front of him. Right. And she was like, hey, boy, this one goes out uh-huh. to you. And now he's throwing <laughs> fits that he never threw before. I'm thinking this kid needs help. That's what I mean. Something for the kid. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure she's just like, it's fine. It's fine. As long as we don't acknowledge it and we don't put a name on it. Right. Then I can still say everything's fine and our life is perfect and you're going to be president one day. This is some waspy bullshit. That's that's how I'm taking it. (laughs) But he's the one. And honestly, that's the other thing is that if I'm Robert, I'm going to be downplaying everything. I wouldn't be like, isn't it weird that he's never been sick? I'd be like, man, you're right. Yeah, let's not even talk about it. Well, maybe he's trying to find a way to broach the subject because he yeah. can't be like, I did some shady shit in Rome. Okay. <laughs> well, and now, now I feel like it's time to pay the piper. Yeah. <laughs> I think my number's up, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I, I'd have to agree. I'd probably try to keep it quiet. But, <laughs> but if things are getting out of hand, maybe I need to say something before or they get out of Yes, yes. <laughs> I guess so. I just, I don't know. It just seemed very odd to me that they both handled it the way that they did. No, uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous, okay. honestly. But we then see Robert heading down the hall towards Damien's room. He goes to switch on the light, but it doesn't work. As soon as he rounds the corner, we see that Rottweiler from earlier is guarding Damien's door and he begins to growl at Robert. Balok steps out of the room to calm the dog, telling him that Robert is the master of the house. Robert's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Habitual <laughs> fucking line stepper, dude. Balok says they found him outside and that she thought the house could use a good watchdog and that Damien <laughs> loves him. She asks if he gave Robert a fright and Robert admits that he did. She's like, see? Dog's paying for itself. You'll be grateful, actually, when you're away that he's guarding the house. This woman is so fucking out of pocket. Yeah. If I hadn't fired her already and right. I would have fired her already. Absolutely. No, it's yeah. this. And if there's just like nannies like waiting in boxes or whatever at this facility. Yeah. To where they're just like, all right, one nanny's out. We'll send another nanny. Yeah. Without notifying the parents, by the way. No, never, never. Um, Don't notify the parents. I feel like we could fire her very easily and get another nanny. Oh, yeah. So again, the fact that this is allowed to continue is just egregious. Could no, be me. It's a lot. I'll yeah. just say it like that. Maybe you know, and I'll I'll be straight up. If she brought a cat inside, I'd be a lot more open to it. I'm I guess, but not really. <laughs> you don't know our business. You don't even he what if he's severely allergic to dogs? Clearly he's not, but he fucking could be. You don't know anything. You just got here. Well, she says Damien likes him a lot, so I think <laughs> we gotta <laughs> All kids like dogs. That doesn't mean that somebody's not allergic. That doesn't mean somebody didn't get bit in the face by a dog one time when they were 19 and now they're kind of scared of big dogs. Nay, I am sorry that happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) The dog tells a different story. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But Robert tells her that they don't need a dog. And if they do, he'll pick one out. He says that she is to call the RSPCA tomorrow to find the dog another home. Balok, defeated, takes the dog away. Robert then goes into Damien's room, sits beside him on the bed, and looks at him pensively. The next day, Kathy rewards Damien for his behavior by taking him to a safari park. I am sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is called reinforcement? If this is an emotional, behavioral thing because he's processing what happened with the nanny, 
we go out, we look at some animals, we have a talk and we try to process this. Right. And then we can field this out to a professional, but not here's some ice cream. Yes. Let's quietly look, <laughs> look at these yeah. animals. And that's that's the thing. We the, the My thing was we see them arrive. For mm-hmm. some reason, I forgot they were in England. So I was like, she's right. letting him drive too. <laughs> but it was the other side. <laughs> it was the other side of the car. It's okay. <laughs> but they both seem super happy. <laughs> And they've put the unpleasantness of yesterday behind them because she does buy him an ice cream and they head out to see the giraffes. He fucking just takes off. He does. Yeah, again. N- yeah he does. Yes. Well, you, you'd already be in trouble for that. He's like, pay the man and just, yeah. <laughs> and just leaves. <laughs> but that's the thing is that I want more of that discussion about the first nanny. Yeah, there's nothing. No, because even if, because I'm not sure if it was, but I think it was the nanny holding him that took her own life that was holding him when they first moved into the house. So she's been around. Yes. And if that is a constant in a child's life and you got this big thing, right? you got to talk about yeah. it. Instead, all, the only person that's talking about it were the aides that were there, the reporters. <laughs> and they're like, get the fuck yeah, over it. Get over it, Robert, you baby. It's like, Jesus Christ, let's process this grief, please. Yeah. But at this point, with them near the giraffes, the music grows tense with a vocal choir as Damien stares up at them. After one of the giraffes makes eye contact with him, they're all like, cheese it, and just fucking yeah. run away. <laughs> they were like, fuck. Kathy yeah. <laughs> comforts Damien and takes him to go see the monkeys instead. Back at the Thorn residence, we see Horton is driving Robert off the property. As the car speeds out of the main exit, Robert notices Father Brennan standing outside their house. He turns around in his seat and they notice each other, but we don't see him tell Horton to turn around or anything. I'd be like, no, I need to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, because some more shit has gone down. Exactly. But instead, they just continue on their way. Mm-hmm. Back at the park, though, Kathy and Damien drive around a baboon sanctuary. A voice overhead reminds patrons to keep their windows closed because baboons bite and are dangerous. <laughs> they said that about car yeah. windows about 15 times. <laughs> they did. They're like, please, we've had a lot of losses. Yeah. <laughs> so d- was it me or did the cars just change color a lot here? Or was it I, I was like, is, uh, weren't they in a white car? Now they're in a blue car. Maybe it's a safari car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they let them borrow. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. But immediately after hearing that (laughs) announcement that absolves them of all legal consequence, the tense music begins to play as baboons seem to take notice of Damien. When he leans closer to the window with a mischievous little smile, the baboons back the fuck up. They start to screech, and then they're like, he can't kill all of us, and a group of them (laughs) just charge the vehicle, jumping on it, batting the glass, Damien crawls into Kathy's arms, and though she's full of fear, they make a quick getaway driving out of the sanctuary. The baboons were like, evil dies tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I I did laugh at that rear view shot of them, like shaking their fists. (laughs) And don't come back. Yeah, (laughs) It it was a lot. But... I saw on Cursed Films that the producer said Lee Rimmick was terrified yeah. of this scene, and it definitely shows, because apparently, according to the commentary, in the back seat, they had, like, the lead. <laughs> <laughs> You're already laughing. I didn't say anything. 
<laughs> I know they did some stupid shit. Of and course took they one did. of those baboons. <laughs> well, let, let me. Oh no! No, they had to. It's I, the '70s. I will put it like this. Here's how it started. What they thought would be the right idea was to cover the car in bananas. And You're so, lying. wait, no, I'm telling you the truth. And so that's like the shots you see of the baboons like, oh, what the fuck is this? That's them coming out for the bananas. But the, but the problem was instead of attacking the car, they just ate the bananas. Well, well, yeah. And so they're like, well, what the fuck can we do? And so what they decided to do was take the lead baboon. Wow. I, I fucking knew it. And keep him in the backseat of the car with the trainer. And so all the other baboons are like, he's our leader. Yeah. And they, they, that's when they started beating the shit out of the car. But the lead baboon woke up and started, oh, no. and started pulling Lee Remick's hair. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> and that's why she's fucking horrified yeah. because I'm sure she did not sign up for this. No. And they took a picture of the lead baboon holding today's newspaper. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you ever want to see you- your leader again, <laughs> you'll Man. attack this car. And they did. Couldn't even let him just sit next to you. No, I knew, I knew it was going to be some. You knew it had to be bad, but yeah, that's what they did. And I mean, it works. It's an effective scene. Those those baboons were pissed. Oh, they were. Well, their king's gone. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be mad too. One of the baboons is like, I'm the that nanny (laughs) for that king. (laughs) But I did want to say as well that there is a rumor going along with the curse of this film that a couple weeks after they filmed here, one of the zookeepers was mauled by a tiger. Yeah. Somehow it's, they deem it connected to the omen because there are rumors that straight up say on the day of filming, the zookeeper was eaten by a lion, but that did not happen. Yeah. The zoo's like, we're never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> but we didn't even fuck with the tigers. No. Like, yeah. If it was a baboon, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Or and, a giraffe, maybe. And again, I'm sorry. I'm not going to blame a film or the devil for a tiger going tiger. Yeah. Yeah. It is a tiger. Yes. Like, it's just <laughs> doing what tigers do. And also the story changed cats depending on who tells it. It's a lion, oh, yeah, a tiger. They, yeah. What is it? It's a it's bear. Superman. Oh my! <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> I I just don't I don't understand what's going on. But back at the Thorns' home that evening, Robert joins Kathy in bed. He asks if she's all right because she's been quiet the whole evening. She says that she is, but when he asks if Damien's fine, she's like, "Yes." He's like, "If there's anything wrong, you tell me, right?" And she's like, "Wrong." What, what whatever could be wrong with our child? Yeah, he's like, you tell me, right? Because we have such an honest and open yeah. marriage where because we where I we have, discuss. I've never lied to you. Tragedies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she also this this part kind of pissed me off. She's like, well, we're we're the beautiful people. Nothing's supposed to be wrong in our lives. And it's like, okay, I know you're saying it facetiously, right? But she's like, rich people aren't supposed to have these problems. So kind of you know, fuck her a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But Robert's like, so there is something wrong. And he asks if it's serious. He holds her and she says that she needs to see a psychiatrist because she's full of fear. And she says that if she told him why, he'd put her away. He says that he loves her and that he'll find her a doctor. But the kid's on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the child definitely doesn't need any intervention no, no, or no, help. Not at all. He hasn't be, been through anything. He gave him ice cream this morning. That's all he needs. <laughs> 
But the next morning, Robert is on the sidelines of a pretty ripping rugby match. (laughs) We see Keith is also there as a photographer. And at the conclusion of the match, Robert has lost a bet to gentleman at rugby match played by ronald <laughs> lee hunt great name great name think it think it was his grandfather's name but <laughs> the gentleman bids him farewell and as soon as he does father brennan lurches up out of nowhere grabbing robert by the shoulder he tells him tomorrow half past two bishop's park five minutes and you'll never see me again again if you would just be like listen yeah i have some information and we need to talk meet me at the park not <laughs> like I mean, yeah. he's just so and fucking aggressive. He's, he's got a hand like a bird's foot <laughs> yeah. on his shoulder. <laughs> it's very aggressive. And honestly, if he would have just apologized for the first meeting and been like, "Mr. Ambassador," I listen. <laughs> I hadn't even had my coffee yet. No, like I mean, it's it's uh, it's all the delivery, man. Right, because right. they're the cracks are starting to show in this family. Clearly. It's becoming apparent that there is an issue. Yes. Right when you came into the picture talking about communion and fucking, you know, Jack, <laughs> dot, 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 I'd be willing to listen, but you got to stop fucking yelling at me, dude. Yeah. And just tone it down just a little What's bit. What's the saying? The medium is the message. Yes. Well, <laughs> Father Brennan's got a lot to learn about that. But he also says, which is very important, that Kathy's life is in danger and that she'll die if he doesn't show up. Now, that sounds like a threat. Yeah, (laughs) it does not sound like you're here to help but he bails and Robert just watches him casually walk away before departing himself Keith notices Brennan so he calls out to him and snaps a few photographs as he turns around Keith thanks him for the photos and it's (laughs) fucking hilarious to me because Brennan just stands there posing for him until he's got the shot <laughs> it, it, and like as soon as he's like, "Thank you," the father's like, "You got it, boss," yeah. and leaves. I'm like, why are you posing? <laughs> it's this big break. Yeah. I feel like, why are you so obsessed with me? Yes, I honestly. don't even know you, and you keep you keep taking photos he's, of me. He's like, well, "I'm doing a series on frantic priests," <laughs> <laughs> and you are boy. perfect. But in the next scene, Keith is developing these new photos, only to see them stricken with the same spear-like shadow as before. He compares it to the other photographs, almost dumbfounded as he inspects the spear going through Brennan with a magnifying glass. We cut to Robert meeting Father Brennan at Bishop's Park. He approaches him and is like, okay, get on with it. I was like, this man's trying to save (laughs) (laughs) you and your wife's lives. All annoyed. What? Yeah, you've got five minutes and he starts a timer. (laughs) He didn't really give a shit too much. He's like, come on, dude. He's like, what is it? Because it'll be the end of the fucking world if I didn't come today. (laughs) But Brennan starts again very cryptically. He says... When the Jews return to Zion and a comet rips through the sky and a holy Roman empire rises, then you and I must die. From the eternal sea he rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against his brother till man exists no more. Motherfucker spitting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but again, what? Get on. What do you yeah, want? What are you talking about? I, I do not know yeah. this. Like, let me delight you in a little yeah. poetry verse. <laughs> He says the book of Revelations predicted it all. Now, I do want to point out that this was all written for the film. Seltzer, the screenwriter, Uh, had not read the Bible. And so they pretend like this is in the book of Revelations, but it is not. I I don't know the difference. I didn't either. I'm like, like, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, wow, I can't believe they put that in there. (laughs) But yeah, it's not in there at all. But Robert's like, what What the hell? You know? Yeah. But Brennan continues. 
It is by means of a human personality entirely in his possession that Satan will wage his last formidable offense. Robert's like, you told me my wife was yeah. like, what? <laughs> what does this have to do with? This is when Brennan tells him to go to the town of Megiddo in the old city of Jezreel and visit a man named Bugenhagen. Ooh, a quest. I know. Yeah. Well, you saw Father Brennan had that question mark yes. over his head. <laughs> so I mean, there you go. But he says that he alone can explain how the child must die. Robert is like, nah, see here. Yeah. <laughs> Brennan spouts more biblical jargon. He who will not be saved by the lamb will be torn by the beast. Robert tells him to knock it off and explain how Kathy is in danger. Brennan tells him that Kathy is pregnant and that Damien will not allow the child to be born. He'll kill it while it slumbers in the womb. Robert full-on asks what he's talking about as if it's not clear already. Brennan explains, Robert's son is the son of the devil. He'll kill their child, then he'll kill Kathy. Then, when he's sure to inherit everything of Robert's, he'll fucking fix him too. He's like, hey, dad, you signed yeah. that will yet? <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do you keep asking about the will, son? <laughs> but maybe if you would have said this instead of all that yes, other, true. you know yeah. what I mean? Putting the jazz on it. <laughs> you didn't have to, you know what I mean? No. You and, didn't have to come out like that. But I do have to say, it's this is almost an impossible subject to broach. It is, but that's why you ease into yeah. it. <laughs> he, well, here's the thing. If we ever find ourselves in this situation that we have to have this conversation, we know how not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But Father Brennan continues that with Robert's wealth, Damien will establish his own kingdom on earth with a little help from the power of Satan. Robert says that he's insane and that his five minutes are up. Brennan again urges him to go to Megiddo, but Robert just wags his finger at him like a bad dog, saying that he never wants to see him again. It hadn't even been five minutes. No, uh, yeah. it hadn't. <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm sure it felt like five minutes. Yeah. I'm sure it felt like five hours. But <laughs> you know, in your own home, your wife just told you last night. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. He's like, nope, nope, uh, uh no. Yeah. Like, he's just in denial. He's like, no, I didn't make a bad decision in Rome five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Definitely not. You ever make a mistake and it takes you a little while to, <laughs> <laughs> to come yeah. to terms with it? This is that times a thousand. <laughs> but Brennan simply says, you'll see me in hell, Mr. Thorne. There we'll share out our sentence. Whoop. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both kind of flabbergasted like, by that. Oh. And honestly, it makes a lot of sense with stuff that comes up later. Because I'm like, why is this priest talking about going to hell? And then I'm like, we figure it out. Yeah. yeah. But as Robert walks away, a wicked wind begins to blow. Brennan rushes away, holding his crucifix very close to him. The wind's like, that's enough out of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they let him go for five minutes. They're like, we'll give you, we'll see yeah, what you can do. Right. <laughs> but leaves are ripped from the surrounding trees as Brennan makes his way through the park. Suddenly, lightning strikes a tree, sending a blazing branch to the ground. Brennan fucking takes off running, attempting to seek shelter in a nearby church. Orchestral music and a choir build as Brennan climbs over a locked gate to reach the church. As soon as he hops over, lightning strikes the gate, sending the door of the gate into the street. So I guess he could have just waited a second. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to point out on commentary, this is a uh, practical effects for the win. Oh, all right. Because what they did is they put some steel wool on the fence itself and they got at it with an electrical current. 
And so that creates that visual that you see. Oh, oh wow. And Donner said, we did all of that for $11. <laughs> Holy shit. I was like, holy well, fuck. It's crazy because now they would just do a digital effect. Right, right. But it's 76. They're working on the cheap. Shit, hell we're stealing yeah. baboons. Yeah. We're, we're doing this shit. <laughs> we blew our budget on those bananas that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But... <laughs> Dark clouds gather overhead as he finally reaches the church door, but it's locked as well. He then bangs on another nearby door to no avail. As he begins to walk away, lightning strikes a lightning rod on the roof of the church, causing it to break free from the building. Brennan screams as it falls sharply, impaling and killing him instantly. He stands lifeless in a grim tableau as the harsh weather ceases. Now, the rod is clearly behind him. Oh, yeah. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about that no. because I love this. Yes, this is a great, great, great sequence. I did enjoy this, but where is everybody? And why did he just stand there? Yeah, he, what, d- he looks up at it and is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> he thought he could and, stop it. And there was no people. Like, that's one thing, too. It's like, where is everybody at? This the is a storm. park. It is a park. That's yeah. true. They're like, everybody get inside. Yeah. No, they're like, get in the church and lock the door. It's- <laughs> right. He can't get in. <laughs> I loved I loved this. It's yeah. so creepy. Uh huh. It was good. The sound that it makes when it oh, impales him. Geez. The way he slumps over. Yeah. The way that we're forced to just keep staring at him. Right. And the wind being like, all right, I think he's <laughs> learned his lesson. It's very creepy. I feel like that's one thing that this film does a lot is it kind of lingers on these horrific situations. Yeah. There's one later that is like a little uh, overdone, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. But I just like that they are not afraid to kind of go there with some of this shit yeah yeah but back at the thorn residence damien is being annoying as all hell throwing billiard balls into the pockets on the table with every throw he's like meow (laughs) and i'm like oh my god so kathy calls for (laughs) mrs baylock to get him out of there and i'm with kathy on this one i'm like get him out of the film actually if he's gonna be doing i (laughs) i read that the lady that plays Mrs. Baylock said that he was horribly behaved the oh, entire oh, wow. the entire filming. And she had it. to pretend to worship this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said that because obviously they auditioned a bunch of kids for Damien mm-hmm. and they had such trouble. It got to the point where Donner was like, maybe it should just be a little girl because they were having oh, no luck. Wow. And then so finally this kid came in and I guess they had the kids attacking someone. Oh, mm-hmm. so it was like the scene yeah. with Kathy. And this little boy went ham and was scratching and biting and they had to pull him off. And right. he, I guess is blonde and they were like, color his hair that's oh, wow. that's damien so this child was just this was probably just him playing <laughs> do, you, do you want me to tell you why that makes a lot of sense to me i had heard a story <laughs> oh god a lot of stuff was cut out of the story so i was like yeah. this doesn't make any sense so i'm not even going to talk about it but i had heard a story that he got the job because he kicked richard donner in the nuts that's well, yeah. and, and now yeah. it makes perfect sense <laughs> because he was doing that fight scene i thought they were like and he just walked come up in, and came- boom and just kicks him in the nuts. She's like yeah this kid's the devil <laughs> <laughs> see bobby hill yeah that's, that's my, my purse. purse but kathy says that she cannot stand that fucking noise anymore <laughs> <laughs> robert enters the room and he's like it's not so bad yes it is robert no, okay yeah, you just got here yeah. she yes. has probably been listening to that sound for the last hour and a half yeah. dude. like that one time wasn't yeah. too bad <laughs> But he goes over to Damien and playfully gives him a little flip. I'm like, they're 
bonding. It's yeah. pretty sweet. But Kathy screams again for Mrs. Baylock, who finally enters the room and takes Damien away on Kathy's request. She was already in the room. She, yeah, They're like mm-hmm. in a library and she just rolls out. Well, not rolls out. But <laughs> she just like comes out from behind some books. It was like a secret passage. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is Clue. I'm like, what are you doing? I did have a question. I understand he's growing up in the UK, but would this kid be this English with his American parents? Because he's like, daddy. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was very, I'm like, you clearly hired a British actor to play this well, kid. But I, that kid is very English. I wondered that too. But I mean, is it the is it what you learn in the home or what you hear every day? Or if you're being raised by British nannies, that's how oh, you're going to talk. Wow. I understand that, but even her accent isn't that thick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was just odd to me. And the fact that the kid's not going to school yet. If the kid was going to school, then maybe... Because he's around nothing but English children. (laughs) But he's like, Daddy. I was like, this is a lot. But maybe I'm just very wrong. It's happened before. But Robert's like, look, he was only playing. The thing about it, though, is that before Damien leaves, he stops to glare at Kathy. It's like, bitch. He's like, Mia. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as they're gone, (laughs) Kathy tells Robert that she doesn't know what's going on with her. He tells her that he loves her and says that if this is what the doctor's doing to her, maybe he should go have a talk with him. She agrees, telling him that there's something that her doctor actually wanted to talk to him about anyway. This, to me, is very confusing. Yeah, I didn't understand. Because I, I'm like, uh, the doctor's doing this to you? What is... You're you're just reacting to Damien it, being annoying. I don't understand. Right, and... and- what does your doctor have to do with me? That's the other thing. Yeah. I Unless know. it's like a, a therapy session. Oh, okay. Where it's like a couple thing. I don't know. This is, but, I was like, but what even in even that, that's your personal space. Exactly. Yeah. Why, exactly. Why? See, but then I'm thinking about Mad Men. No, uh, my comment was what in the Don and Betty Draper <laughs> is fucking going on? Yeah, because ex- that's all I thought because Betty goes to therapy very early, early on in the series. Yeah. And on the side, her doctor is just calling Don on the phone to telling him everything that's yeah, going on I, I here's, here's the deal here's yeah. what's up and she's obviously offended when she finds out but my question is is this common practice in the 60s and 70s to where the husband just is privy to whatever the yeah. fuck is going on some bullshit i don't like it i wouldn't even be surprised uh, no that's the problem but it's like i can see like if your kid's going to therapy i don't i wouldn't expect the therapist to tell me what they said but maybe be like look they need more attention or uh-huh. right, they're, right, they're right. crying out for this like that is to help the kid, but this is a grown ass woman. Yeah. Can, man, I'm sorry, but can you imagine being in therapy and your therapist is like, well, I'm going to need to talk to JP about that. You're fired. I was confused. I was yeah. like, I don't I was like, wait, that's her, her doctor. Yes. I, yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's fucking bullshit and, and maybe it's possibly because he's so he's an ambassador maybe yeah, that's part what? of it okay i look i am not forgiving any of this bullshit i hate it as much as everyone here <laughs> but it was just very weird but this is when kathy tells robert flat out that she does not want to have any more children robert's like you know that's all right mm-hmm. that's he's, fine she's like do you hear that fucking sound he was <laughs> yeah like, if i had two of those things <laughs> but this is when she drops the bomb She says, so then you'll agree to an abortion. As it turns out, she just found out this morning that she is pregnant. Robert, probably replaying that conversation that he had with Brennan, stands there shocked. Well, yeah, he had no way of knowing that. She didn't even know that. No. 
that's really creepy. Yes. <laughs> it hit me just now how creepy that is. But wouldn't that make you like, I got to find this dude because Absolutely. clearly yeah. like he knows some shit that I do right, not right. know. Part of me would be like, well, doctor's just telling everyone everything. Maybe he's friends with Brennan. He's like, oh yeah, I saw this <laughs> yeah. pregnant lady this morning. I'm like, I don't know. But suddenly the phone rings and Robert goes to answer it. We only hear his side of the conversation, but when he gets off the phone, he says it's something about the newspapers. He retrieves his copy of the paper, and right on the front page is a story along with a gruesome picture, Priest Impaled in Bizarre Tragedy. Now, I've heard of If It Bleeds, It Leads, but this is... Yeah, no yeah, shit. Uh, it's about, yeah. talked about the tabloids. It's man. on the front page, like <laughs> Father Brennan's corpse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the picture. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, what the fuck? But Robert doesn't react at all to the news of Brennan's death. He just stares at Kathy, who stands looking out the window. I guess he couldn't really give it away. I'd be like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> would, we got to talk about a lot of shit yeah. right now. He'd have to spill everything <laughs> oh, yeah. tonight. Yeah. But we just go to the next scene where Robert visits the psychiatrist played by John Stride. His name is the psychiatrist, by the way. Nice. <laughs> He tells Robert that Kathy knew how much he wanted a child, but now she's having trouble with it. She tries to come up with reasons that won't make her feel inadequate. He says, fantasizing that Damon is alien or evil. Now, after he says evil, Robert's his ear says, (laughs) (laughs) he perks up and it makes me laugh because he's like alien. Like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) What was that last thing? Yeah, holy shit. But long story short, now is not the time for another kid, says the psychiatrist. Robert's like, now when you say evil, and the shrink is like, it's just a fantasy. But she also thinks that the child isn't hers. <laughs> I I think that's when I... I it, at this, yeah. yeah, at this point, I'd be like... He's like, why are you sweating, Robert? Uh, <laughs> it's The AC's yeah. on full blast. But the psychiatrist tells Robert that the most important thing is for him to agree to an abortion. Robert refuses, his reason being that it was foretold that this pregnancy would be terminated, so he's going to fight to see that it isn't. Without explaining anything, he just leaves. <laughs> <He's> like, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Dude? I'm sorry. What? Why yeah. don't you take a seat? Yeah. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> uh, cancel my one o'clock. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking what about? What is going on in that house? Yeah. See, it was foretold. I would be like, who? Yeah. <laughs> By whom? Yes, I just, I don't know. Psychiatrist, like, my name's Paul. <laughs> that shit's between y'all. But back at the Thorn home, we watch as Kathy tends to the plants near the banister on the second floor. Meanwhile, Damien is picking up speed on his tricycle, riding in a circle in his bedroom while Mrs. Baylock watches approvingly. Kathy moves a fish tank to the banister and steps onto a small table to tend to one of the hanging plants as tense music builds. I was already stressed that those mm-hmm. fish were on the ledge like that. Yeah. I did not like that at I all. I don't want to see anything bad happen. <laughs> no, I was concerned. But Mrs. Baylock opens the bedroom door, allowing Damien to ride into the hall. His wheels squeak as we follow him down the hallway and we get a shot of Baylock's eyes just before Damien's tricycle collides with Kathy's stool, sending her over the banister. We watch from above as the fish tank falls to the first floor, shattering on the ground and sending goldfish surfing USA into the living room. (laughs) I read that uh, they took sardines and painted them. I love that. (laughs) Donner said it on commentary. Like he really painted himself as the hero. He's like, they had a tank full of (laughs) Of real goldfish. (laughs) He goes, and then I told them, no, I said, you paint some sardines and we'll put them in there. I'm not about to kill some fish. I was like, oh my God, are you Aquaman? (laughs) (laughs) 
But Kathy grabs hold of the banister, begging Damien for help as she tries to pull herself up. She begins to lose her grip and she falls, twisting in the air and landing belly first onto the floor below. This was achieved. They set up a wall Mm -hmm. to look like the floor. And so she's really just twisting on like normal just towards the wall. And so the way that they shot it, it appears like she's falling, right. but she's not. I'm surprised. It's 1976. Right, yeah. Right. I'm surprised they didn't just throw her ass over the banister. <laughs> I, I read on IMDb that they had said that because of the injury that happened to Ellen Burstyn on The Exorcist, right. yeah. they were either, it was one of two things. Either she refused to do something like that mm-hmm. because of that injury, or they decided they didn't want to risk it. Right. Either way, I'm, I'm glad. Me too. Because her... I mean, that fucked up her back for life. Yes. Yeah. She's, yeah. Like, she's like to this day. Yes. So real quick, how 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 high up do you think that is? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, high mean, enough. That would hurt. Realistically, I yeah, would I would probably you're say. You're right. It would hurt. Well, if you hit your head, you could be concussed. <laughs> I would say it was probably like at least 10 feet. Those stairs are pretty. Well, well fuck. Well, it no. Was, no, it was raised a little you're bit. You're right. Because it was probably about 15 feet or so, maybe. Because it was. Yeah. It, w- it was the ceiling. You could see it, and then where it was elevated a little more nah. up. Do you remember that shot of Mrs. Baylock attempting to be Damien's mother and say that he wasn't going to church? Yeah. She was oh, very yeah, high she up. she was yeah. high up. So that is a, oh, fuck. Speaking yeah. of Mrs. Baylock, though, at this point, the way she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's like, r- like uh-huh. gaining speed in the room. He's like, run fast, run fast. <laughs> 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 it really feels like she's the evil one and she's yes. using Damien. Right. And it kind of goes against <laughs> so stupid. It goes against what they're trying to do as far as like the tone of the film. Right. Donner, I know he had gotten into arguments with the screenwriter because the screenwriter is like, and then we'll have this person with a cloven hoof. And he's like, What <laughs> are you talking about? He's like, No, it needs to be subtle. Yeah. He said every death and everything that happens needs to be like it could have been an accident. Right, right. The screenwriter's my favorite person. <laughs> yeah. in no, because I kind of want to see a cloven hoof. <laughs> <laughs> Just there. Just to there, see it. Fuck. But I, I think that she kind of undermines what Donner was going for. Exactly, exactly. Because she's like, Damien, if you ain't first, you last. Yeah. Like she's just hyping his ass she's up. She's fucking. I know Star Wars was next year, but she's fucking Palpatine over yes. there, <laughs> rubbing her hands together. Let the evil flow through <laughs> you. But after she hits the floor, we get a shot of Baylock's eyes, which then go unfocused. Then we see Kathy on the floor, blood trickling out of her mouth. Damien watches from above, the plant still swinging overhead, and then he just runs away. Shake it, bait. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I there's another thing that was very interesting to me is that as he was riding his tricycle to go like knock her off, yeah. Donner on commentary was like, and this is the shot that Kubrick stole from me. <gasps> and I don't think that they're related at all. It's just a kid on a tricycle. God damn. Well, and then this kid, his head is just down the whole time. Yeah. I was like, you're not even looking where you're going. He's dude. like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Donner's my favorite part. I know. I, I I love I love how honest he is with how he feels. Yeah. Even though I don't believe a lot of the things that he says, but it was funny that he's willing to just talk shit on the yeah. commentary. He's like, I basically made The Shining and yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> And you know he's he's like fucking Randy Travis on that episode yes, of King of the Hill. And I <laughs> saved his, his life. <laughs> well, we cut to Robert making his way through a media circus of flashbulbs and reporters asking for a statement on the condition of his wife. 
He breezes past them into the hospital to meet Dr. Becker, played by Anthony Nichols. When asked if Kathy is all right, Becker says that she'll recover, which is a horrible answer. Yeah, because that means no. Yes. Yeah. He's like, right now? <laughs> <laughs> Why did, when he asked him his name, he was like, um, uh, Becker. Yeah. Like, like, you forgot your name. Are you a real <laughs> doctor, man? <laughs> he fucking stole a coat. Yeah. <laughs> But as they reach her room, Robert observes her through a window and Becker tells him that Kathy has a concussion, a broken humerus, and some internal bleeding. Oof. Robert is immediately concerned, telling Becker that Kathy is pregnant. Becker simply says, no. Great yeah. bedside manner. Dude, he yeah. needs to go back <laughs> to med school. To whom may I complain? Yeah. This it is, is awful. fucking crazy. It's I think the nurse on Book of Shadows handled it a little better yeah. than that. <laughs> it's like And God she was from it. fucking Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the saddest thing because I hate to pivot, but Robert confirms that Kathy has lost the baby. It's awful. And Becker says he's afraid that that's correct. But he tries to put a Band-Aid on this entire situation, saying that Robert has a lot to be grateful for. Kathy is still alive, and with the proper care, she can still have children. Robert doesn't even respond. He just leaves to go check on Kathy inside her room. I'm like, at what point do you start to believe? Yeah, that, because that's Because this dude said she's pregnant. Yes. Surprise, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Damien's going to make her lose this child. Mm -hmm. Surprise. That's exactly what fucking yeah. happened. Honestly, I feel like at the point that I would believe him is the second that Kathy told me she's pregnant. Yes. Well, yeah. Because he had no way of knowing that. I mean, I know that it at this point, it's not like he can go and be like, you were right, you know, because he's dead. But yeah. at the very oh, least, yeah. at the very least, he should be throwing up in that hallway. Well, oh, throwing up. That's yeah. what you would do. Nick. That's ex Oh, that's absolutely <laughs> what I would do. No, yes. I, I think I'd, I'd be kind of, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? Wait, yeah. so, she, so she, you're standing at the window with Kathy and she's like, I'm pregnant. I found out Ooh, this morning. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Honestly, when he's like, his mother was a jet, I'm vomiting <laughs> on my desk. Because you didn't hear the rest of the words. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It made her uneasy. You She's... said you said it instead of he. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I just misspoke. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> but Robert strokes Kathy's hair, which causes her to wake up. When she tries to talk, he calmly shushes her. She weakly pleads, don't let him kill me. Robert kisses her forehead and tells her it's all right. Then he says her name a lot, which, all right. <laughs> it was almost like a dude in the mirror with Helen and Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Helen, 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 Helen. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. But we see Robert arrive back home, heading up to the second floor and standing where Kathy fell. He looks down, putting his hand over his mouth, probably imagining what happened. He then walks into Damien's room where he finds him sleeping and he sees Baylock sleeping in an adjacent room. As he approaches, that fucking dog that should have been rehomed weeks ago lurches up and begins to growl. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're, you would go into Baylock's room and be like, wake up! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, checkout time, motherfucker. <laughs> Why are you still in... Okay. Let's <laughs> let's cut out all the supernatural shit. Uh, let's cut out the disrespect talking yeah. about do, is he really old bitch? No. <laughs> let's cut out all of that and pretend none of that happened. All right. You're supposed to be watching him. Yes. And he knocked my wife over the fucking banister. Uh-huh. 
we've lost a child. She's all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're fired. Like, cut out everything else. You no longer work here. I look, I I did not look at the job description of a nanny, but I'd imagine <laughs> it's this to is watch not it. The, child. Yeah. <laughs> the most basic yes. of duties is to make sure that the child is not riding a tricycle directly into his mother. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bare minimum, I'd That's say. That's the bare fucking minimum. Then you add the dog in the window? No. No way, no. dude. No. But he hears the phone ring and decides to just leave the room and let them be to go answer it. But it's revealed to be Keith on the other end of the phone. From his dark room, he reintroduces himself to Robert as the photographer who got his camera smashed. He asks Robert if he can have a word with him at his flat. And Robert's like, look, if this is about the camera. He, I mean, he does have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm a very busy yeah, The camera right is like the least of, I'll buy you fucking whatever you want. Just leave me alone. But Keith says that it's about Robert and the death of Father Brennan. We transition to later that evening at Keith's apartment, where he shows Robert a photograph of the first nanny holding Damien at his birthday party. He asks if Robert sees anything strange, but he doesn't. Keith then switches on a light, and we see a dark smudge on the film, almost in the shape of a noose around the nanny's neck. Keith says he initially thought it was a problem with the film or a strange coincidence. He then hands Robert a photo of the nanny after she hung herself and then shows him a photo of Brennan with the spear-like shadow. Days apart, one photo with the shadow actually making contact with Brennan. He says the rest, of course, is history, showing a photo of Brennan's impaled body. This unexplainable phenomenon inspired Keith to do more research, and as they leave the darkroom, we see that he has photos of Brennan's autopsy on his wall. As it turns out, Brennan was riddled with cancer and injected himself with morphine several times a day. For Robert, this explains Brennan's desperation to be forgiven by Christ. Keith says, externally, Brennan was completely normal except for a mark on his inner thigh, which appears to be three sixes, 666. Robert posits that it could have been from a concentration camp, but Keith says, according to the biopsy, it's a birthmark. Did you know that this movie was almost called The Birthmark? Yeah, which is interesting. I yeah. mean, I heard that the reason that they didn't is because they put up signs where they were filming mm-hmm. and they were like now filming The Birthmark and they were in like an OB ward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the women were like, uh, that's got to be bad luck. Can you not uh, say The Birthmark uh, around me giving birth yeah. <laughs> to a child? And they're like, all right, sorry, sorry about that. It was almost just flat out called The Antichrist as yeah. well. Yeah. Which is <laughs> just a little on the nose. Yeah. It was almost called ruined. Your Son is the Devil. Yeah. Ruin the movie already. Yeah, tipping Before your hand a little yeah. early. But yeah, so I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> but Keith promises Robert that the best is yet to come and we see them arrive at Brennan's home. The walls are completely covered in Bible pages, as are the windows, and crosses are hung all over. We do get this really cool shot of a piece of the Bible page being like pulled away from the window. Yeah. And through it, we see the church mm-hmm. and its proximity to Brennan's home. Yeah. Pretty neat. Again, the cinematography in this film is pretty great. It oh, is. Yeah. But Keith suggests that Brennan was trying to keep something out. He says the police thought Brennan was insane, so they didn't mind him coming up to do a little investigation. Does not seem right, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, well, he's probably crazy. Yeah, go in there. Go ahead. Yeah, all right, take what you shit. want. Rummage yeah. through his things. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. But among Brennan's belongings, Keith has found a diary, and it's almost like a logbook of a private investigator filled with details about Robert's whereabouts and schedule. 
the last entry being about their meeting in Bishop's Park. He then goes through random articles, the first about astrology, telling of something unusual. A comet has changed its shape to a glowing star like the star of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, only this one was above Europe and it was five years ago, the 6th of June. (gasps) Gasp is right. (laughs) (laughs) This gives Robert pause. The next clipping is a birth announcement from a Roman newspaper from the same date. Sixth month, sixth day, 6 a.m. This is when Robert can't hold on to that secret any longer. (laughs) He's like, I got to tell someone. (laughs) I've been carrying this weight. It's too much. (laughs) He tells Keith that his son is dead and he does not know whose son he's raising. Well, all of this evidence. (laughs) He's like, and if you'll just look right here on the birth certificate, it's signed by Satan. (laughs) What else, dude? Like, like, what else? I know your signature is supposed to be, but you can read clearly. That says Satan. So what do you do with all this knowledge now? I don't. Do you go home and square up with the kid? Do you talk to him? Do you you fight the kid? I mean, well, hold on. He's not a kid now. That's true. He's the devil or whatever. You go on that side quest Uh that the father tried to give you in the park. That you is true. You, right? you can't progress any further. No, now. you can't go to the main story uh, until no. you finish this. Check the menu. I give you a hint. <laughs> <laughs> but Keith offers to help him find out. But Robert says that it's his problem to deal with. Keith corrects him, saying it's his problem too. When he was here earlier with the police, he took photographs and in one of them caught himself in a mirror. He shows the photo to Robert and in it, we see a jagged shadow separating Keith's head from the rest of his body fuck yeah uh, kind of sucks because i like keith yeah me too i think he's a cool character he just seems like a 70s dude I thought, yeah i thought he was super slimy at yeah. the beginning and i'm like no okay i hair. mean to be yeah <laughs> to be fair though this is um self-preservation right. he's like we gotta it figure is. this shit out right now he's like my my head is on the line right. <laughs> do you see this but in the next scene robert is back at the hospital accompanying kathy who is being wheeled to another room she says that he must think that she's insane, but she is truly in fear for her life. They're like, it's okay. You'll be perfectly safe here in room 666. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, wait. <laughs> I, I feel like at this point, I might start telling her. This yeah. is why you don't lie to your wife. <laughs> yes, this, this is why. This, this yeah. is what happens. <laughs> well, not only that, you're here. You know that lady's still at your house with that fucking dog. Uh-huh. You know they're chilling in your kid's room. Say say something. Yeah, you, you got it. It's too much. It's yeah. liter- it's literally her job to watch the kids. She's not going to take him on a trip to the hospital. You yeah. don't have to worry about them finding out. Just spill the beans. Yeah, and then deal with. I don't know how you're dealing yeah. with it later, but I guess Please you're fighting a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Robert tells her not to fret because she'll be safe here at the hospital. She asks about Damien, and he says that he'll get Mrs. Horton to look after him. He's I guess fucking done with Baylock. Right. Rightly so. She waves weakly with her arm elevated and in a cast, and Robert kisses her hand. In the next scene, Robert arrives home calling out for Mrs. Horton. Instead, he sees Mrs. Baylock. She tells him that the Hortons are gone, and not for the evening. They're gone for good, and they even left an address for him to send their last check. Oh, God, you killed him, didn't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we don't get closure on the Hortons. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're in the fucking wine cellar. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, it's, I don't know. But he asked if there was any kind of explanation as to why they left, and she says there wasn't, but she'll manage on her own. He very plainly tells her that he's going to look into that when he gets back, but then he brings up the fact that that fucking dog, who should be on a farm upstate right now, 
was in Damien's room last night. She says that he's gone now and that he was taken away this morning. You just got an answer for everything, yeah. don't you? It's very convenient. But we then cut to Robert and Keith in the back of a taxi in Rome. They pull up in front of an old building and start to discuss, I guess, the history of the building or why it looks different mm -hmm. with the driver. Now, I heard on the commentary that the driver was actually the son of a mafioso. Oh, shit. And he was trying to break into the film industry. And <laughs> if you notice, he has a bandage on one of his hands. Right. It's because during one of the scenes, the, the one of the takes that they did, fucking Gregory Peck accidentally shut his hand in the door. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and so Richard Donner is like, fuck, we're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, nobody was killed. <laughs> But as it turns out, there was a fire in the past and the old hospital where Damien was born burned down five years ago. The driver takes a smoke break as Robert and Keith head inside the rebuilt hospital. Robert chats with a nun who breaks the news to him that she believes all the paperwork was actually destroyed in the fire. He stops her, stressing the importance of his search regarding the details of the adoption. And by adoption, we mean some yeah. shady shit that went down some five years ago. Some fucking hands shaking yeah. in the shadows. <laughs> like, Jesus. She tells him that no adoptions ever happen here and that he must be mistaken. Keith rocks up, saying there's no point in hassling her because the fire actually started in the Hall of Records in the basement. How convenient. <laughs> yes. Seriously. The fire then traveled up to the third floor, which was the nursery and maternity ward, and left nothing but ashes. The nun tries to make a break for it, but Robert asks her about the staff, specifically a tall priest with dark, piercing eyes. She immediately knows that he's talking about Father Spoleto. <laughs> oh, that was just yeah, Dr. Right, Satan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Satan. God damn. I, I would feel bad if somebody was like, hey, who was that guy with fucking, you know, he was tall with dark, piercing eyes. Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Really gives you the fucking crazy. Yeah. Is that how I come off to people? <laughs> But she says that he's still alive, but he's gone to a monastery in Frozenone. She then says that he could be dead. She doesn't know because she hasn't heard from him since the fire, but he did survive the fire. Keith confirms the location. Il Monastero di San Domenico. Dominic de Coco. <laughs> Gorlami. <laughs> My God, easy. I, I, I wish, that, well, I don't want to waste a wish. Don't no. tell, don't, don't tell Anthony yes. Jerome that I said that. I would prefer that I had known what that was in English so I didn't have to attempt how to pronounce it right. in Italian. But uh, I did my best. I do want to say that there is an elevator behind the nun that never stops. I was going to say, <laughs> is that a fucking dumbwaiter for people? I think so. I was like, what, what is that? It is in constant motion, and I guess you just hop on yeah. when it's time. <laughs> but it was a very interesting design. But obviously, that monastery, as I've previously explained, yeah. is going to be their next stop. In the car on the way there, Keith finds the poem that Father Brennan recited earlier to Robert and explains that it's actually the events that are supposed to precede the arrival of the Antichrist on Earth. He's reading it from the back of a large book that I assume is the Bible, but again, this passage does not appear in the Bible. Right. At a rest stop slash sweet ass espresso bar. Yes. I was like, you're <laughs> yeah. telling me we're going to go to Italy and not fucking <laughs> yeah. get coffee? Like, we're getting coffee. He's like, look, we got to take breaks, right? Yeah. <laughs> it can't all be work. But Keith expounds on the idea. The Jews have returned to Zion. There has been a comet. And the rise of the Roman Empire is believed to represent the rise of the common market as a result of the Treaty of Rome. Robert's like, 
bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, are we here to fucking save yeah, your wife or not? <laughs> but as Robert fetches their espresso, Keith determines that the prophecy of the Antichrist rising from the eternal sea somehow means the world of politics. He says the sea that constantly rages from turmoil and revolution. Somehow that's not a stretch, but right. go on. He's like, okay, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> like, I believe that. Well, it's his business. He's like, that sounds, yeah. <laughs> yes, quite. But he sums it up. The devil's child will rise from the world of politics. He then closes his book like a mic drop. I mean, we all could have seen that coming. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even very surprising. I was like, is that supposed to be a twist? Or? Exactly. <laughs> but back on the road, the men are forced to stop their car as a flock of sheep are blocking the road. When they get out of their car, they look over the side of the hill, which luckily for them appears to be the monastery they've been searching for. This is all on location. Very cool. Yeah. It looks great. Did the screenwriter oh, get yeah. to go? <laughs> <laughs> He's crying in America. <laughs> Just mad. But they make their way down into a large building with stained glass and a massive crucifix hung at the center and then walk past a group of praying monks who pay them no mind. Robert discovers Father Spoleto kind of reclining in a chair underneath the giant cross. But as they make their way over, we get a full view of his face. It is badly burned from the hospital fire. Robert kind of fights a gag. I literally yeah. wrote, did he just gag? <laughs> that, is, that was the rudest shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so dramatic. Like, it's good horrible. Lord. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe that. I was honestly embarrassed for him. <laughs> I know. It was, I, yeah, That's it took funny. me out of it for a second. Because it's like, dude, have some cooth. Like, that is rude as fuck. If I ever did that, that would be one of the scenes that play in my, like, lifetime embarrassment when theater. When you try to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like here's all the stupid shit you've done. Well, Remember that's how when you, you gagged? <laughs> but shortly after, we see Robert and Keith walking with a monk played by Robert Rietti. The monk tells them that Spoleto's mind is there, but he hasn't spoken since the fire. They're taking care of all of his needs and are praying for his recovery when his penance is completed. They're like, penance? The monk responds, Woe to the man who abandons his sheep. May his right arm wither and his right eye lose its sight. That's actually in the Bible. I looked mm -hmm. it up. It's Zechariah eleven seventeen. But it's, it's also exactly what happened to Spoleto. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. That's why I'm like, uh, oh, shit. Yeah. But the monk says that it's kind of, I guess, his punishment for abandoning Christ. And they ask how he knows this. And he's like, oh, he told us that he abandoned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he full on admitted it. Yeah, it was the first thing he said to us. But apparently, he's able to write things down with the limited mobility of his left hand. In Spoleto's quarters, we see a rough drawing on the ground of a hooded figure meant to be Father Spoleto. It's honestly a very poor likeness. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we also see the number 666. The monk explains 666 signifies the diabolical trinity, the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. He says for everything holy, there's something unholy. I wasn't aware of what was it the diabolical mm -hmm. tr trinity? Tr it was yeah. a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I didn't realize that they had a plan too. Yeah, <laughs> like oh shit. And honestly, I for what I understand, like I did not know that the and maybe it's my ignorance when it comes to religion. Or maybe it's this movie doing their own thing with the mythology. Mm -hmm. But I did not think that the Antichrist was the actual physical son of the devil. I thought he was just a dude that the devil really dug and picked him to do it. 
I don't know. Yeah. Everything I know, I learned from Prince of Darkness. That's true. <laughs> Cristo so Domino. I'm, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm just annoyed that there's not a vial of swirling green goo. Yeah. And I, I hate that for us because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't pop up at all. I mean, this is clearly inaccurate, right. but I'll yeah. just let it slide. I mean, he said he never read the Bible, so I mean, there yeah. we go. <laughs> it's obvious. It's clear. But Robert then leans down to Father Spoleto, pleading with him to tell him where Damien came from. He reminds him that he claimed to know Damien's mother and asks where she is now. He screams for him to answer, but is interrupted by the loud tolling of a bell. The monk then places a drawing instrument in Father Spoleto's hand, and after several agonizing moments, he writes the word Trevet. The monk recognizes this as Trevetary, an old cemetery, Crypta Sant'Angelo, but says, <gasps> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, we know San Angelo. What the hell? But he says that that place is nothing but ruins now. It's always been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's always like, been. Like, if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but on Robert's insistence, he says it's on the map, 50 kilometers north of Rome. So they break out. In typical horror film fashion, they arrive at the cemetery at night. They park in front of the gate and Keith snags his camera and a crowbar and the men Yamo be there up and over <laughs> that gate into the graveyard. The camera angles when they're in the cemetery make yeah. me feel like I'm being sketchy. Yes. They, well, it, you feel like you're being watched the whole time. Yes. It's, it's very, very, very effective for me. But aside from the wind blowing, it is deathly silent as we follow yeah. the men through foliage. Keith spots something in the ground and calls Robert over. There is a great shot of the city behind them. Mm -hmm. This is all a set. Oh wow. oh, wow. I did not know this until I listened to the commentary, but this is a set, and those are just lights and smoke. Very cool. Yeah, you would I, never guess. Yeah, uh -uh. The art director, Carmen Dillon, painted, like hand-painted that sky. Oh, shit. And they said that she was like, because, I mean, she had been in the business for forever. Right. And so she is probably towards the end of her career. He, I, he, I think he said he that he pulled her, pulled out, her out of retirement. Out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that she was up there on a crane. He, I think he said, wow. he could have been exaggerating, but he said 80 years old. Right and hand painting these textures and it's just impressive 80 70 60 whatever she was yeah. no it's incredible, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. i'm just laughing at his his the his version of yeah. Yeah. and i saved her <laughs> life <laughs> <laughs> but the music swells as robert rushes over to keith and we see it a gravestone for maria skiana died june 6th five years ago from an almost voyeuristic angle of the men, we hear Robert find another grave for Bambino Schiana, an infant boy who died on the same date. Mm. In a POV shot that was kind of Pamela Voorhees before Pamela Voorhees, yeah. Yeah. we hear a dog panting. The men speculate that Robert's birth son is buried here and the woman could be Damien's birth mother. As the sound of a chanting choir joins the unsettling strings of the score, Robert and Keith lift the gravestone of Maria Schiana, and buried in the plot is the decayed skeleton of a jackal. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> no. And I don't know why, but this was the scariest shit to me. <laughs> it's like, like jarring. Yeah. But also it makes me wonder biologically how did this happen? I'm very confused by this as well. <laughs> So he fucked the jackal. Uh, well. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say, fuck the jackal. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm being made fun of. <laughs> I just, I don't understand how this works. Um, I'm aware of the birds and the bees. Right. The, the, I remember Bart when he's like, the birds are coming out of the thing. The bees are having sex with him. <laughs> but I just don't understand how this is supposed to. So who was supposed to have, is it actually Satan that fathered this I don't boy? Know. Yeah. You learned about the birds and the bees, but you didn't learn about the Satans and the jackals. <laughs> no. they, Nobody taught we, us that part. We live in Texas. They left that part out. <laughs> <laughs> they just told us to not do it. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> But the men drop the stone and it shatters into the grave. Keith suggests they leave, but Robert says he has to see what's in the other grave. He hopes to find another animal and that his child is actually alive somewhere. So maybe the jackal wasn't the mother. This is what Robert's thinking. Somebody just threw a... It's it's like when somebody's lost at sea and they just put books in their coffin. They do that? Yeah. Is it at least their favorite books? Uh, that'd be nice, but probably not. Oh, just whatever books they can <laughs> yeah. find. Just old textbooks. Like he hated Michael Crichton. That have like <laughs> <laughs> kids drew dicks all over yeah, it. Yeah. Oh. Before we go to this next grave, I would like to apologize for saying the phrase <laughs> <laughs> "fuck the jackal." That is just that is just inappropriate. And I you were lost in the moment. I was lost in the moment because I just want to know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to solve a mystery, and I got a little too coarse back there. But in the second grave. Instead of a, I guess, baby jackal, they find the skeleton of an infant person. Its skull shows evidence of blunt force trauma. So Robert realizes that the Thorn's son was murdered shortly after he was born. So fucking sad. That little tiny skeleton. Mm -hmm. It is, oh man, it's like sobering. It's so sad. And it's so tough because... At this point, you just wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. Why them? No, yeah. yeah. Well, the political thing. Oh, the eternal sea. So they were like, now is the only, I mean, I don't fucking know. It's, it's horrible. Why not just use uh, Mrs. Ambassador instead of a fucking jackal? Like, why can't you just do it that way? I don't know. Wait, I'm are you? very confused. Well, in Rosemary's Baby, like, the devil, he was like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> <What's> well, that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't have to get a jackal That's involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Um was it the word involved? It was the word involved. <laughs> the jackal can keep her innocence. Yes. I'm like I just don't I'm like crying from the from the word involved. I don't understand the whole how did they I don't know. It's like if you guys are evil enough and all seeing enough to know that they were going to even be here mm-hmm. to be giving birth, why couldn't you have just cut out the middleman or <laughs> cut out the yeah. middle jackal and just do it yourself? It's just very confusing to right. me. Right. It's it's I don't know. I really don't know. Um I think maybe there could be a little more background on like Satan's little cult that he's got on earth. Yeah, right. that's why I'm like as Baylock clearly yeah, Obviously that dog is on the payroll <laughs> the dog yeah. is yeah it's just for as long as this movie is or for as long as this movie feels right, uh, right. we really could have gotten more of this because i'm very intrigued and i spoiler alert it's never fully explained no yeah. you really just got balok and the dog right yeah. but it's clearly an entire apparatus and yes. i mean in all fairness i think that fucking father brennan 
he obviously was touched by evil if he has that birthmark on his right. leg. So he was a part of the cult. Okay, so that explains that because that's never fully explained. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's why he's like, well, see you in hell, dude. Yeah. He's like, I'm already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I said that it was explained later and then I never explained how it was explained. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's explained. That's why he says he'll see him in hell because he's already going there. Because right, I guess he right. did the bidding of the devil, which right. I, I, I'm not a religious person, but I would assume is frowned upon by God. But like I did your bidding and you still give me fucking cancer, dude. Well, like, the devil. I, well, well, maybe I don't know. Well, wait, shouldn't you be taking care of me? Well, what it, maybe he was supposed to be like Damien when he was a kid, but he was able to get away from it somehow. So then the evil nannies weren't able to get to him to turn him or turn him on to whatever he is now or whatever Damien's becoming. It just seems weird that he would be, he would have that birthmark on him. Yeah. So then do they all, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Cause it doesn't, it would be different if they were like, Oh, it's a branding. Uh-huh. Like he, like they branded yeah. it on him, but they're saying it's a birthmark. Yeah, so, so yeah, he so should, had you're right. Yeah. Him being touched right. by evil yeah. would have done that. Later. Damn it. Is it well, unless it's like the fucking dragon thing from the new Mortal Kombat where apparently <laughs> if you're just meant to fight in the tournament, it just yeah, appears it just on happens, you. Yeah. Which is fucking hack, but whatever. Well then yeah. explain that. Oh, I can, and they didn't either. No. <laughs> <laughs> but before Robert can collect himself, he and Keith realize they're surrounded by a pack of Rottweilers. <laughs> That's a that's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dogs are like, they know. Is this just Satan's breed? Uh, I guess. I read that um, Rottweiler ownership went way up after this came out. Way up? Hey. Yes. Yeah. Good, Good for dogs. them, I guess. <laughs> Nothing wrong with those dogs. They're like, we got a bad reputation. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to work past it, but instead of just running out of there, they quickly cover the infant's grave and back away from the site very slowly. Keith tells Robert not to run, but as soon as one of the dogs bark, Keith's like, run! (laughs) (laughs) The men make a break for it, but Robert gets his shit rocked by a couple of dogs who pull him to the ground and chew at his arms. Keith, on the other hand, is working a couple dogs like a heavy bag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah! He's like, what you got? What you got? (laughs) He's eventually overwhelmed as well. Robert breaks free of the dogs, climbing over the fence, but trips, impaling his arm on a oh, spike. Yeah, that looked terrible. That yeah. was rough. That to me, I think, was probably the hardest thing to see in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how dumb are you gonna feel? I'm almost awake. No, <laughs> yeah, just fuck. <laughs> just caught forever. Yeah. But Keith, however, is able to make a clean break, climbing over the fence and loosening Robert's arm meat for a quick exit. Not army. Now his his shoe does get caught by one of the dogs on the way up. Yeah. And I read that the stunt man that did that stunt got his leg like <gasps> fucked up oh. by that dog, and he had to go to the hospital. Man, they were just pissing off animals yeah. the yeah. whole production. Well, right here when he's uh, when Snape's jumping over the fence, <laughs> he uh, you can clearly see all the dog handlers in the bush. Like clear, oh yeah. God. I showed your sister. They're clear as day. It's like right three. There. It's like three different yeah. dudes, and they're all moving and looking concerned. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, I'll show you after. Looking concerned, like I think they're really biting yeah. that guy's yeah. leg. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, because they're like mad and it's they're like, moving. Oh, shit. You oh, see yeah. them oh in God. the trees. Yeah. You need to show me that. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. That is very very I, funny. I seen it and then I was like, "There's no way," and I was like, "Oh, maybe it's like." Uh, 
the Satanist in the back or something. Mm. You know what I mean? But no, no, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's not. The handlers. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that would have been so cool if it was just a bunch of people in robes. Yeah. No, yeah. Because that that's what I thought. And I was like, oh, shit. You well, know what? I got to check so, it. They're so clearly visible yes. that you're like, oh, they're going to come out of the shadows. But and no. honestly, that would make a lot of sense if they were there because it's literally the Antichrist mother's grave. Yeah. Right. One would think that it would be guarded. This is on well, the tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and And see, and I don't condone any kind of animal violence but if those dogs are attacking me i have a way to protect myself <laughs> they were you're I'm, not I'm just saying they were <laughs> in a full-blown fight with those well, dogs. they were <laughs> well see sometimes a uh, little throwing up the fists with the dogs like square up pup you know what i mean no. it's not gonna, <laughs> it doesn't work I like, though, that when they leave, the dogs are like, and stay out. It's just like the same thing with the baboon. Yeah. That's just the running theme of this thing. People are territorial. Or people, they're dogs. People? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. But back at the hospital, Kathy is resting in bed when the phone begins to ring. She answers it, and it's Robert, safe and sound with Keith in a hotel room. Robert tells her to leave London immediately, and that one of his aides will meet her at the hospital and bring her to Rome. Tell her everything. Yes. Tell her. Yeah, just tell no, her everything. Yeah. Well, uh, she. Well, he fucks up because she's like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "I don't have time to explain." Yes, you do. Yeah, she asks what's just, wrong, and he's like, "Sorry, I, just, I was just in a dog fight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still catching his breath. <laughs> but he urges her to do it, and she says that she'll do her best to be ready. She hangs up the phone and gets out of bed and she stands by the window struggling to get her nightgown over her head and hears something behind her. She assumes that it's the man Robert said would be waiting for her, mm -hmm. but when she turns around, it's revealed to be Mrs. Baylock. We zoom in on Kathy's frightened eyes as a smiling Mrs. Baylock inches closer and closer to her. In exterior shots of the hospital, we watch as Kathy is thrown from her window, crashing through the roof of a parked ambulance. So much for subtlety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but again, this is not Damien. No. Right. Damien didn't do this. That's why I'm like. She flips a lot when she's falling. She does. Yeah. <laughs> there are nurses out there that scream. It's like, I guess it could, again, be perceived as an accident. Right. Everything else is kind of leaning that way. Right. right. Like a freak accident. Yeah. So they aren't like, yeah. I think the devil had something yeah. to do with this. <laughs> That's the thing that we talk about a lot with like demonic possession and like devil stuff, like movies and all that. The devil is really afraid of like being arrested, I think, <laughs> yeah. because he tries to frame people like it's a whole fucking yeah. thing. And make it look like accidents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, like with the lingering shot of Father Brennan, Kathy is shown her lifeless body in the ambulance, blood coming out of her mouth and nose. Yeah. In Rome, Robert's phone rings loudly and he answers it. We watch as he receives the terrible news about Kathy, tears filling his eyes as he drops the phone and collapses into sobs. Dude tried to warn you. He did it wrong. Yes. Yeah, he did do it wrong. <laughs> but he he threw the wife in there. So you you knew it was yeah, something. Yeah, no, he yeah. did. And he's been right about everything so far. Yeah. But we then cut to Keith making his way back into their room. We find Robert lying in bed with his back to the door, defeated. Keith tells Robert that he found out about the town of Megiddo, the town Brennan spoke of, whose name literally comes from the word Armageddon. The end of the world. He right. Make sure you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says it's 60 miles south of Jerusalem and that there's an excavation going on there. Robert recounts the name of the man Brennan told him to meet there, Bugenhagen. As it turns out, 
This guy is an exorcist that Keith has read about in the past. Robert then remembers Brennan's poem and recites it verbatim as the camera presses in. He's got a great memory. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing you don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting him to have one of those little hats on and snap after. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. The slam poetry. Yeah. But he then tells Keith that Kathy is dead and he wants Damien to die too. So there was something I learned on commentary, which was Gregory Peck and Richard Donner fought over this scene a lot. What happened was Peck told the props department to create a bunch of breakaway objects in the room Mm -hmm. because he said, after I get the news, I'm going to lose my mind in here. Throw a lamp, like fucking just destroy this place. I love that he's calling me. I know. (laughs) Like, isn't that weird? Now, again, this is Donner's telling of the story. (laughs) No. Donner said that what he wanted was to visit him after he got the news. Right. Which is why we see him in bed already defeated when Keith walks in. And so Peck was like, look, you're wrong, but you're the director. And so we'll do that. And so they do it. And after they film the scene, Gregory Peck is like, I need to do that again. I know I can do it better. And he's like, no, you cannot do that better. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. So this is, first of all, that's the first take of this. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Very interesting. But he said that Gregory Peck came in later to watch the dailies. And after seeing the scene fully, Mm -hmm. he told Richard Donner that he was right and that it's perfect. (laughs) And Uh, I saved (laughs) it. But he said that that was the only fight that they had on set and that everything else was very pleasant. Well, good. But the scene dissolves into the ruins of Megiddo, where we see a man directing Robert and Keith to Bugenhagen, played by Leo McKern. Bugenhagen tells him that this is where Christianity was born. He then asks if the little priest is dead yet, assuming talking about Father Brennan. Yeah. Robert tells him that he is, and Bugenhagen doesn't even seem surprised to hear this. But he tells him that they need to get to work and they need to start now. He then tells Keith to take a powder because this is for British ambassador eyes only. (laughs) (laughs) After Keith leaves, Bugenhagen pulls a cloth from a chest. And as Keith makes his way through tunnels, we hear knives being stabbed into a table. From a bird's eye view, Bugenhagen explains that Damien's blood must be spilled on hollowed ground. Now, the shot of Keith in the tunnel and then a shot overhead. I thought Keith was watching this conversation. But later on, we learned that he knows nothing. No. So I don't know. This is very odd. Yeah. Maybe there didn't need to be a shot of Keith at all. Maybe that's something that could have been trimmed. Hey, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there you go. But Bugenhagen snags one of the knives from the table and says that it's the first knife and it's the most important. It extinguishes physical life and forms the center of the cross. The subsequent knives extinguish spiritual life and should radiate outwards in the way that he stabbed them into the table. He reminds Robert that Damien is not a human child. Robert holds one of the knives and asks if there's proof of that. Bugenhagen says that Damien has a birthmark, an arrangement of three sixes, as do all the apostles of Satan. Robert says Damien does not have it. He says he's bathed that kid his entire life and he knows every inch of him and it's not there. Bugenhagen says that if it's not on the body, it must be beneath the hair and tells Robert he needs to be devoid of pity. Robert asks about Mrs. Baylock, and Bugenhagen says that she's an apostate of hell who would die for Damien. So basically, be careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch your back, dude. Hell yeah. But Robert and Keith leave, and they break into an argument as Keith demands to know what was said in there. Robert, holding the knives, tells him that Bugenhagen wants him to murder a child. He's simplifying it a lot. 
Yeah. One might say oversimplifying <laughs> yeah. it. Where's that same energy you had last night yeah. when you wanted him to die because he killed your wife? Yeah, why are you waffling? Yeah. Yeah, on, I, did, I, I didn't understand. No. But Keith's like, look, that is not a child. Robert apparently now has his doubts about the whole thing, eventually saying that Damien isn't responsible and that he's not going to do it. This is when he fucking yeets the knives yeah. <laughs> a nearby construction site. And Keith tells Robert that if he won't do it, he will. Yeah, you got the plan. You know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Dude. Where has ignoring advice yeah, gotten it, you? Clear, nowhere. Yeah. Well, here. Less than nowhere. Yeah. And I do want to ask any Gen Zers, did I say yeet correctly? <laughs> <laughs> But I do, one thing I do love is that after he throws the knives, he grabs his shoulder or his arm where he got it impaled and it's... Oh, yeah. The continuity. Yeah. I thought that was neat. But Keith heads over to collect the knives and we see a man on an incline get out of his truck, accidentally releasing the parking brake. His truck rolls down the hill, crashing into construction materials and sending a sheet of glass sliding off of it. We watch from various angles as the glass decapitates Keith, fulfilling his photographic prophecy. Robert covers his face in shock and terror. We then see Robert flying home with the daggers in his lap. This has been hanging over our heads since we were looking at those photos of him. Mm -hmm. But I was still like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it happened. Like, I don't know why I think I got buried in all the other like research yeah. they're doing. Mm -hmm. I forgot that part of it was he needs to figure this out so he doesn't get yeah. his head yes. fucking chopped off. I also like the instant replay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was great. I, I, I enjoyed that. I can see how some people might not. Yeah. I said at the top that there was one thing that was overdone and I can see why that would be. Yeah. But I thought it was fun. The th fun. <laughs> a man is dead. I had a great time. But the thing that they said was that what they wanted was for people to turn away when it started and then turn back when they think it's over only yeah. to see it's still there. So they wanted to fuck with the audience. <laughs> no, he's still being decapitated. Yeah, he's like, that's the rest of the film. <laughs> I feel like fucking with the... Because I read that when this was in theaters on June 6, 1976, mm -hmm. when people left the theater, they had the people that worked in the movie theater while they were inside watching the movie uh -huh. put up signs when they left that said, today is June 6, <laughs> 1976. And people were like, oh my God. <laughs> Why is everyone William Castle? I know. But it said that it really scared people. That just made me laugh because people were like, oh, fuck. No, that's fucking great. Uh, I do. Gregory Peck right now, Robert mm -hmm. Thorne is on a plane. But that reminded me of one of those curse stories right. that came up about a plane because there were so many of them. But one of the stories was that while they were filming in Israel for this scene, mm -hmm. the Megiddo business, they wanted some aerial shots and they, I guess, hired a pilot to do it. Mm -hmm. But then at the last minute, they decided to cancel that. And then the flight that that pilot took apparently crashed and killed everyone on board. From what I read, there's no proof of that ever happening. <laughs> I heard it a different way, too. Uh, There's another okay. plane story. <laughs> this plane story, it, it was even told on the Cursed Films yeah. right. by, I think, the producer of the film. He said that Gregory Peck was apparently supposed to take a flight from England to wherever. Right. Because they filmed all over the place in this movie. And he canceled the flight at the last minute. And the flight took off and crashed into a car that was carrying the family of the pilot of the plane, killed everyone on board, killed the pilot and the family. Damn. 
Now the real story. <laughs> <laughs> there was a plane. There was a plane. <laughs> the real story of that is that I guess a pilot took off from an airport in England. Mm-hmm. He crashed into a car and it killed a woman and I believe five girls. But it wasn't his wife and it kids. It wasn't his wife and kids. It was a completely different pilot. Yeah. The way that things got confused is that that woman's husband was also a pilot. Uh, and so everybody uh, is getting this rumor that it was and it makes it way scarier if yeah, it's right, also right. his family yeah. but also in the story that i read there was no mention of gregory peck canceling the flight yeah. Yeah, well you yeah. gotta add a little hot sauce right if you're gonna say that it's a curse of the film yeah but the big thing about that story is that the pilot of the plane and everyone on board survived <laughs> so you're taking like eight stories and mashing yeah. them together and so, I mean, I understand. What a horrific story on its own. I yes. Know. We talked about this in Poltergeist that adding the, but really it was his wife. Like yeah. adding the shit really just diminishes the people that actually died. Right. Because that is fucking yeah. horrible on its own. And there's another horrible tragedy associated with this film, which was the special effects supervisor of this film john richardson Mm -hmm. on the next film he was working on i believe she was his girlfriend at the time i saw a lot of conflicting reports but it was a woman called liz moore who was a british sculptor in her own right because she worked on films like a clockwork orange and star wars holy shit but in 1976 she was riding passenger in a car with john richardson and they got into an accident and in the accident she was decapitated (gasps) And Richardson is the one who worked on the effect in this film for Keith's death. Holy shit. And so that is a terrifying story on its own. And it's true. And that is true that she actually did pass away from this. And that part's true. Now, of course, they add a little mustard to it. Right. Because they said when he got out of the car, he saw a sign that said, Amen which is a city in the Netherlands. And it was 66.6 kilometers away. And I don't believe that. Did Ed Warren tell this story? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I guess. Because it sounds like Ed Warren told this story. And for me, it feels like what we said about Poltergeist, where it just feels disrespectful at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I understand it helps maybe sell the movie, but I don't think that it's important to like be like, oh, and also it said, the sign said Richard Donner's The Omen. Like, no, <laughs> Starring it, Gregory. Yeah. No, it did not. Like, I just don't understand. But uh, yeah. Okay. That's my little soapbox against these uh, curses. Yeah. Enough's already. Uh, uh, enough already. <laughs> so I'm mad at him. You're so goddamn angry. So real quick, this is the dad's fault, right? That dude got his head cut off. Oh, because well, he threw yeah, the knives? Well, yeah, if he wasn't a fucking giant teenager throwing yeah. the knives because well, he was I mad. Mean, he, this is your ride, dude. We're watching you go through all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you still questioning what's happening? At this point, there is no choice but to believe this right, is what's right, going on. Yeah. Right. And there's already a grand conspiracy with whatever they took your son for. Yes. Right. So, I mean, at the very least, like, I just don't, I don't get what he's doing. You've got a lot of people to avenge, dude. Yeah. yeah. There's no, you don't need to be throwing fucking temper tantrums and throwing ancient knives and shit like what are you doing uh making a fool of himself yeah and the gagging that was just (laughs) (laughs) embarrassing it's almost it's almost as bad as what he did with the knives (laughs) (laughs) but we see robert's car arriving back on the thorn property from an upstairs window before we pan over to a photo of kathy and happier times 
I say happier times. It's not like they'd have a photo from the ambulance yeah. or anything in there. <laughs> Obviously, happier times. A photo of her falling from the window. <laughs> but Robert makes his way inside, and that fucking dog is still there. Yeah. And takes notice of his entry. Robert moves quietly through the house, but is stopped in his tracks when he hears a clock chime on the second floor, followed by the sound of footsteps. We watch as that evil dog makes his way downstairs, and Robert hides in wait. In the score, there's a bunch of whispering chants, and it's honestly terrifying. Yeah. It is. I watched it alone at like midnight, and I was like, I shouldn't. <laughs> Why did I do this yeah. to myself? But the dog goes to investigate the basement, and the second he gets down those stairs, Robert slams the door shut, trapping him in there, and the dog is fucking furious. Wow. Yeah, the dog was like, damn it. <laughs> he was barking like nonstop. Well, he won't be sniffing around here no more. No, yeah. sir. But Robert heads upstairs to his bedroom to retrieve a pair of scissors. He creeps into Damien's room, closing an adjacent door to Mrs. Baylock's quarters, who is fast asleep in bed. By the light of the fireplace, Robert approaches Damien, parting his hair and snipping away until he gets a view of his scalp. He raises a flashlight over Damien's head, revealing a birthmark in the shape of 666. You already knew, dude. Yeah. You already knew. True. I mean, this is just the proof that he needs, I guess. I, and Keith died for this proof. Yeah. yeah okay, so get to stab yeah. him. Get, well, he's got to be hollowed ground. Yeah. Well, bless gotta, the room. Uh, well, he said his blood has to be spilled on hollow ground if we take like a little thimble of his blood. Yeah, yeah and then pour it out. Pour it later. Because his plan that kicks into motion here is not great. <laughs> That it's kid is out too. Oh, he is. He's fucking yeah, for the devil, hair. wouldn't you? I mean, devil's for, son, whatever. No. The fuck. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not clear on what Damien is. No, but. I believe he's the son of the devil. I don't know who the false prophet is then, because I thought that was supposed to be the Antichrist. Right. I didn't know there were three. Yeah, I'm quite confused. <laughs> um, I just I feel like when you start snipping away over that birthmark yeah, he's gonna go gonna, all zuni yeah. fetish oh yeah i would think well you saw what he did to kathy in the car yeah, yeah. kids got moves but yeah <laughs> he's got hands he does but but you gotta square up with him, little fucker he's just yeah. out he's just sleeping peacefully yeah. but the camera presses in on robert's tear-filled eyes knowing now what needs to be done but before he can even think about snagging those daggers mrs baylock comes screeching out of her room attacking robert and pulling him to the floor the two tussle, and from the basement, the dog is like, fuck him up, sis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damien wakes up, watching as Robert is able to get Mrs. Baylock off of him, kicking her in the face and knocking her out. Oh. She had it coming. Yeah. That bitch was disrespectful. That was for Kathy. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he scoops up Damien and tries to bail. But on their way down the stairs, Damien knocks a light off the wall, causing it to spark like the Lutz boy, and they tumble down the stairs. <laughs> 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 they tumble down the stairs. <laughs> Robert collects himself at the bottom, picking up Damien, but then Mrs. Baylock pops in for round two in the kitchen. In the struggle, Robert grabs a carving fork and stabs her in the throat with it. So she is done. Yeah. She was a ride or die, man. She was. Nobody mm -hmm. can say she didn't try. Dude yeah. warned him. Yeah. He's like, she will fight. <laughs> <laughs> She's scrappy. But from the basement, after she gets stabbed, the dog is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it made me laugh that he howled like he knows. Uh, yeah, he did. He's I'm like, sure he does. He's like, fuck. But Robert doesn't care about any of that. He just snags Damien and throws him into the car. This is the dog's house now. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fine. And I'm never coming back. Yeah, no, that's fine. Now, the weird thing about this is that they had actually filmed more of this scene. Right. The dog runs out of the car. 
He fucking tries to attack the car. Mrs. Baylock comes back out. Holy damn. shit. And Robert runs over both of them. God oh. damn. So yeah. in the editing room, they were like, I think this is too <laughs> much. <laughs> and so they cut it. But I, I'm kind of glad that it's not here. Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like this kind of goes on for a while on yeah. its own. Yes. And they said, I don't that think we needed a part three. Yeah. They, they said that the fight scene went on longer and they chopped it down. Jesus. Well, fuck. I was like, it felt a <laughs> yeah. lot as is. This was a three hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But Robert speeds off the property and passed a police officer who immediately begins pursuit of his car. The cop recognizes the ambassador's car and as the dispatcher calls it in, she refers to it as a possible diplomatic incident. That's what you get for having USA number one yeah. Yeah. fucking <laughs> tags. So much for discretion. <laughs> but the whole ride, Damien whimpers and whines as Robert just mashes him down with one hand. They finally arrive at the church and Robert drags him in kicking and screaming with the knives in tow. He places Damien on the altar, readying the first dagger. Damien begs Robert to stop, and Robert pleads with God for help with tears in his eyes and a lot of hesitation. Oh, yeah. It's a cheap move from Damien. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's talked like twice this yeah, whole film, yeah. and now he wants to pull out, stop, daddy. It's like, no. Yeah. I think, and again, he's very English. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> well, that, that should have helped him. He's like, wait, we're American. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> But again, the thing here is it's the thing that I, I understand he's not the devil devil. Right. But that's what the devil does when he's about to lose. He like starts playing on your fucking heartstrings yeah. and shit. It's very unfair. I understand the devil probably doesn't play fair, but. <laughs> Come on, devil. Yeah. Don't, that's uh, against the that's rules. That's against yeah. the rules. <laughs> but the police rush in, ordering Robert to drop the knife or they'll open fire. Robert doesn't heed the order and we watch in slow motion as a bullet is fired from the officer's weapon. I'm always here for the dramatics of mm -hmm. it all uh -huh. i feel like robert really could have just killed him on the lawn <laughs> i mean this yeah. is all church oh you're right you did not need to yeah. run your ass all the way up to the altar like i i appreciate visually i was gonna say can we say that shot was amazing and dramatically <laughs> it was it was the best location mm -hmm. but you could have taken care of this the yeah. second you got on church property right it could have happened in the car I'm, yeah. I'm just saying in the parking lot they I'm bless the parking saying. lot yeah of course wow. that's the first thing they <laughs> do. That's how you get a good parking space but i i think that again the visual of everything that happens you're like i get it <laughs> you know you did this for us exactly <laughs> so thank you but in the last scene of the film we're taken to washington dc where a funeral is being held for robert and kathy dignitaries and military officials are present as marines fold a flag over their caskets and trumpets sound after the ceremony, the crowd disperses and we watch as a man approaches the President of the United States and the First Lady. The, obviously, not very sexy First Lady, if, yeah. <laughs> if Robert has anything and to say about it. the frumpy First Lady. <laughs> <laughs> but he says whenever the President is ready to leave, his car is waiting. The President asks for a moment as he and his wife look onto the caskets of their dear friends. The camera then dips down to reveal Damien holding the hand of the First Lady. Damien turns to face the camera, appearing sinister, then suddenly, a smile spreads across his face. We fade to black and get on-screen text that reads, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 18. We fade to black, and the credits roll. I do want to say very quickly about the ending... It was originally shot with three caskets. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I guess it was Robert was supposed to have also killed Damien. Yeah. And he died from the police and Kathy. Yeah. And so it was going to be like a in just a complete end. Right. And the producer was like, can you shoot this in a way that it's two caskets? Yeah. And it immediately hit Richard Donner. And he's like, we can do an insert of Damien at the end with the president. And it, you know. (laughs) And so it makes perfect sense. They're like, keep the door open. Yeah, for exactly. Later, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that made me laugh really hard is that he used reverse psychology on that little boy. Yeah. Because yeah. he turns to the camera and as he turns, he was telling him, he's like, if you smile, I, I won't even be your friend anymore. Yeah. You better not smile. You better not smile. And so his sinister grin goes to like a just full on yeah. like kid <laughs> smile. And the kid smile is the best ending for this film. It is. It is. It's I'll brilliant. agree with that. It works. But- I have to ask the customary question. What did you guys think of The Omen? I did like this movie. Uh, I'll agree with what you said at the very beginning. I I wouldn't like put it in my... Uh, top. Yeah, yeah, in my top or in, in my box, you know. <laughs> um, but if it's on, I'll watch it. For you sure. You know what I mean? Or if, you know, somebody's got it going on or whatever. Or, But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the first half is pretty set up and it's like man come on you know let's get to it uh it does feel a little longer than it should but it's not a bad movie no it's not a bad movie i did enjoy watching it there's some some things that were a problem but i mean what's a movie without him that's very fair fair point i like it too uh i never noticed until we started talking about it that i really don't fully get the story and i don't know if it's them not fully explaining it or me just being kind of dumb but i kind of still walk away confused i wish we had gotten a little more evil from damien yeah yeah because it really seems like he's just a kid and balok really i mean yeah Yeah. i would be coming for her but i don't i don't know you want to know what it's doing is that is damien's the fucking annabelle doll yeah. And then uh, yeah. Ba- Balok is that demon. Yeah. <laughs> and Damien's just rocking in the chair. Yeah. yeah. But um, every, but the movie's called Damien. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it though. Still, the kills are really great. Oh, yeah. The music is fantastic. Some of the shots are beautiful. There's a, a good amount of suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in, sometimes it's used really, really well. And other times it feels like shit is just running for a long yeah. time. Fair. Um. But overall, I do like it. I, I agree completely with both of you. I think it's a really good entry in the like satanic horror. Yeah. 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 And also the like evil children subgenre of horror. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really good. I just don't know why some of it just didn't work for me completely. Yeah. yeah. But I think that it's a really good film that kind of has to be seen. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I feel like maybe that's where why some of it falls short for me. Because the omen. I'm yeah. like, I haven't seen it in so long, but this movie's like perfect because it's a classic. Everybody's, you know, uh-huh. but watching it, I'm like, I mean, it's good. Yeah. I like it, but it's not, it's for me, it's not perfect. You wonder, see, here's the thing is I'm like, man, I wonder how much this freaked people out in 76. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. But I'm like, but they had The Exorcist in 73. Yeah, that blew their tits yeah. off. Yeah. This so, doesn't, uh, I mean, it yeah. doesn't, you know. As far as like shock value goes, right? Not that that's what we're going for. No, but yeah. But I feel like if we're again talking about like satanic horror, right, right. and like possession, I guess I think that that did a much better oh, job. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess that can lead us into ratings. Mm-hmm. I said it with a question: Are we yeah. uh, <laughs> are we pressing on or? 
But no, I think it's a good film. I think that the positives, you've got some really good performances. Oh, yeah. I think everyone brings their A-game. Gregory Peck is really good. Actor who plays Father Brennan is fantastic. Yeah. Keith Jennings is a great character. Mm-hmm. I just think probably because he, he just seemed like a badass in the 70s. Yeah. He's just a cool <laughs> photographer. I don't know. But I think that the most important thing about this film, actually, the two most important things about this film, first is the score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This film with a different score would not hit the same. Yeah, Isn't no. that the only award that was won for this film was yeah. for the score? Yeah, it won the Academy Award and it was the only one that... Yeah. And it was the only Academy Award Jerry Goldsmith won. Oh, wow. sure. So, and I think he deserved it. For sure. But the score is so important to this film. Mm-hmm. It Every moment that it plays, it has a presence and a meaning. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And there are some parts that are just flat out scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the other thing that's very important to me is the cinematography. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting shots and interesting camera work. And like you said, just flat out beautiful shots. Yeah. But on the negative side, I can't place it. This movie's an hour 51, but it feels really long. It yeah. does. It feels slow in some places, and I don't know where I would cut, but something is, so, something's got to give. No, yeah. <laughs> and the biggest thing that I'm very confused by, because... On its face, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. But the second you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the logic of the jackal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the problem of the jackal. Yes. I feel like I always just accepted the story yeah. at face value. But now if you look too close, it's yeah. like, now hold on. Yeah. But he and why is it a human boy? The mark of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm true. Confused. So, I mean, I want more about the cult right whoever yeah. set this into motion mm-hmm. i always want more cult i think it would be a lot better if damien's mother was a human <laughs> <laughs> but i uh i mean i'm just very confused by that but again it's a good film i think if you haven't seen it you should watch it for sure have it in your brain pants so you know what it's about because it's talked about a lot mm-hmm. and so it's it's one you should really get into even if some of the stuff doesn't make complete sense yeah. right <laughs> So for me, out of 10 foreboding photographs, I am going to give The Omen seven foreboding photographs out of 10. Again, it's it's good. It's very, very good. Yeah. I don't think for me it it, it reaches great. Right. But I, I think it's it's definitely one that should be viewed. But I will open the floor to you. Um I I I uh, the same shit. And I think I had said something in our group chat too when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. it I don't know if it was the pacing or like it was the, something did at the very beginning for me felt weird. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't like fully get into it. I was just like, what is, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I was like, what's mm-hmm. happening? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you were texting, complaining about it. And then when it started, you're like, okay, oh, never now. Mind. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> well, it mean, takes off. Yeah, it does. And shit just is just happening. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the decisions, dude, is just like flip floppy, and it's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. "What are you doing, man?" It's like, "Come on, that's that's your wife." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I get that's your kid, but now she's even saying, "I don't think that's my son." I, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that the, would scare the, yeah, me. Yeah, the gigs up, dude. It's not. I, I forgot to point out his flip flop because yeah. the, the second he throws the knives, I'm like, "What are you doing, <laughs> yeah, dude? You just experienced <laughs> much shit. Yes, you've seen. You've already fought a dog." Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so yeah, confused. I, That's so true. That is so true. But, you know better. Yeah, but it it did. It was a little. I I I was just I got lost at sometimes, and I was like, I don't what the fuck. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. And on a scale from one to ten, foreboding photographs, I'm gonna give the omen a seven. I mean, it, it is good, and and if you haven't seen it, I would watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad movie, but it, but it, like you said, babe, if you look close, <laughs> it yeah, kind of don't look like, too wait, close. Wait no. a minute, it's like you, wait, what? So what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot that, yeah. and then like with dude's birthmark and yeah. the the what's happening with Damien. So, like I said, so does that mean at one point he was supposed to be a child of the devil or something or what? Like, what we don't we don't know what's happening. What make the fuck? it make sense. Yeah. And they said that all the what apostles of Satan, yeah, had the mark. Where's Balok's? Can we find it? Yeah. If I were him, yeah. I mean, I don't. I there. Well, there's no way for yeah. for Robert to be like, show me your leg, man. Yeah. <laughs> Can I cut a little bit of your hair? Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm not going to lie. Usually I'll come to the table with the number and if I don't stick with it, it usually goes up a little bit because, you know, kind of looking at it from y'all's point of view as well or getting different points of view or whatever Mm -hmm. on it. I it took a hit today. Um, I came to the table with a 7.5. And the fact that (laughs) (laughs) I mean, firstly, the jackal. (laughs) I don't want to keep saying jackal, but that's a big issue yeah. for me. Oh, because you guys didn't explain it. I don't. No. Yeah. How does a jackal? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Give birth to a healthy human eight eight month old baby. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know something funny is I had never heard of a jackal until this no. film. What? I've, I've, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all very confusing. And then I accepted the mark of the beast being on the priest. But then they keep referring to it as a birthmark. Right. Yeah. Because I took it. Yeah. Like you said, okay, he was touched by evil because he was helping them do some shady mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. But it's a birthmark. The movie was almost called birthmark. Right. <laughs> it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. No, because no. Damien has it. And then like you were saying with the nanny. So if if she's evil, then does that mean she was born with one too? Because we're not told yeah, that. Yeah, no, we don't we're know not that. Told we don't. Anything. There's not a glimpse of her like, like uh, Mr. Burns, and then you <laughs> see it on her wrist or something. Like there's no. And Spoleto would have one. Yes. Because if, yeah. if it's if it is given to you for being touched by right, evil, right. I'm there. I don't know. Yeah, but no, they literally said birth. That's what I'm that's hung where, up on yeah. the word. Bur- I'm hung up on two words: birthmark <laughs> and jackal. <laughs> so I mean, this is still a classic, and it is very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Just don't peel back the layers yeah. too much because it does not. For me, the the seams start to show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come down to earth yeah. and uh, yeah, out of a scale of one to 10 for, but I'm so shook <laughs> by the jackal, I can't even speak one to 10 foreboding photographs. I also am going to knock it down to seven foreboding photographs. And that doesn't mean that it's bad. No. It's still a really good movie, but it's just kind of disappointing to like kind of know the story. I had forgotten yeah. about the shady shit at the beginning, but yeah. to feel like you know the story and then look at it again and be like, wait, this doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I do think it's very interesting that on The Omen, we gave it a seven. Ah! Seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate The Omen and what should we watch next? 
Let us know on Twitter at the Pod Mortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, even if a warning seems unreasonable, it's never a bad idea to proceed with caution. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special shout out to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Jackal! (laughs) Special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huesden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Allison O'Neill, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, and Diego Moreno. Hey. Thank you all so much. Thank you Thank so much. You. We appreciate all your support, and we hope that you know it's all for you, patrons. <laughs> <laughs> the nanny. If you yeah, know. yeah. The film. Which right, with the... The jackal. The dog. (laughs) We're not jackal around. (laughs) Until next time.